We interrupt this program to bring you a special news. We interrupt this program to bring you a special news. We interrupt this program to bring you this important bulletin from the United States. This is not a test. Every Tuesday, the Journey into Comics Network will bring you The Poor Rapport, your one-stop podcast shop for everything news and topics of personal interest. I am your host, Andrew Poor, and you can hear me every Tuesday. The following is a Journey into Comics Network production. Ladies and gentlemen, you're listening to Journey into Comics. Podcast about everything nerd with your hosts Nate Phillips and Brandon Stone. We've come a long way from the Prime Minister's exploding cake, or have we? What's up, ladies and gentlemen? Welcome to another episode of Journey into Comics. It's episode 172. I am your host, Nate, as always, joined by the illustrious Brandon Stone. Welcome. How's it going, my friend? Dude, it's going really great. Let's just get it right out of the way. Today is the 1st of January. It is 2018, and we are in day one of the Journey into Comics Network Feature Week. Cheers to that. You're here. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. So today we've brought some friends along for something we have not done in... Almost a hundred episodes. I know, dude. We had this idea around episode forty to do it's kind of a roundtable discussion type show, and uh, we did it again, like almost forty episodes later. It was at uh, eighty nine. Eighty nine. It was it was roundabouts, and because the idea was like around forty episodes, we'll do another one because our show is typically just you and I hanging out and talking about like the latest and greatest news and views of comic books, news, movies, whatever you know. What everything nerd, just as the title says, we just discussed. But this is a bit different because we have a bunch of different people and everyone brings like a topic forward and we just kind of go around the table and we uh, each go through that topic and have an open discussion over it. And this is, I'm pretty excited because it's the first time and as you said, almost 100 episodes that we're coming kind of coming back to this. And we've got some friends here. We actually have a Nerds of the Roundtable uh, veteran. He's been on all, all three now. Yes. yes. Along with you and I, uh, we'll start with him. Mike, how's it going? It's going good. How are you guys doing? It's going pretty good. Now, Mike, you also host the Game Addicts Podcast with myself. I do. And uh, we are air every Thursdays over on GameAddictsPodcast.com. Cheap plug. So, Love it. <laughs> Cheers. Yeah. yeah. Um, but, you know, welcome again, Mike. It's good, so good to have you again. Thank you once again for hosting us. This is your second time hosting the Nerds. Yes. So uh, it'll be a really cool time. And uh, coming up next... We have another host here on the Journey to Comics Network, the host of Podcastrophy. What's up? Blaine, Dick, Dongo, Tyner. Doctor. 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 I'm sorry. I forgot <laughs> the title. Forgot, you forgot the doctor. Dr. Dongo. <laughs> now, you're, now you're, you host Podcastrophy, which also comes out on Thursdays. Yes. Now, uh, now the streams don't cross here uh, because both shows come out on separate channels. Of course, you're on the Journey to Comics Network. Just search journeytocomics.com. You can get us all on your favorite uh, you know, uh, podcast services out there. You know, We'll get into that later. For we'll sure. do the plugs in a little bit. Uh, we got someone else to introduce first. Let me tell you something. The guy we have next is uh, quickly becoming one of my favorites on the network. He's like on all the shows. He's like our, we don't want to call him a whore. That's just such a bad. I like that title, though. Are you sure? <laughs> yeah. Are you sure? Well, uh, he was a part of uh, one of my favorite, most, more recent episodes we recorded in The Last Jedi. That was 170 of Journey into Comics. Most downloaded episode in the last three months is wow. that episode on our network. Cool. So that's the bar we have set, just so you guys know. 
Uh, but welcome back to the show, Tyler. How's it going? It's going really good. Really happy to be here. Dude, Love doing podcasts. We're really glad to have you here. You're you're going to actually be featured quite a lot this week. You're going to be on Journey into Comics. You're going to be on Podcastrophy. You're also going to be on Bruise with Dudes. Yes, sir. Spoiler alert. So that's crazy. You kind of do get around. Uh, how do you? <laughs> how do you, how do you like podcasting? I'm really really getting into it. I heard you bought your own microphone. I did. What It'll, kind of microphone? Uh, Amazon. I don't I don't remember. You all were the, just like all the names and details. I just bought something that had really good reviews and that was slightly uh, cheap. I guess okay, affordable. Yeah, affordable. That's a better way to put it. Because I don't, you know, right now I don't, with the holiday and everything, I don't have a big amount of capital to sink into this podcasting journey right out of the gate, but I definitely want to, you know, contribute what I can. Man, well, we're glad to have you join the family in some form or fashion. Who knows, maybe someday you'll be a co-host on a show or something. That'd be I don't cool. know about any of that, but... <laughs> Very possible. <laughs> Wink. <laughs> All right, well, who wants to start off first? The Nerds of the Roundtable, like you said... Discussion. Everybody brings a topic. We all discuss the topic. We move on. Uh, we can tangent as we feel fit. So where do you want to go with this, Brandon? Do you want to like start and work counterclockwise? Kind of, kind of how we're sitting. You want me to be the kickoff? No, I'm saying you, you be the last. And I'll oh, okay, sure. And we'll so we'll start with me, Tyler, Mike, Blaine, and then you. That's and then fine. Yourself, and then we'll see where we are and we'll see what happens. Adjust. Sure. So, guys, my my topic has to do with fandom. Okay. Okay, because this is something that's kind of big and going on right now. <laughs> As we're listening to uh, fellow game addicts and uh, bus stuff uh, mascot, Padfoot, harass the cat. <laughs> <laughs> Makes me wonder if we can actually hear the meows on. You're definitely going to hear them. I'm hearing them through the headphones quite okay. loudly. It's kind of awesome. <laughs> it's, it's really great. It makes for an amazing background that, environment. That's actually me making that sound. <laughs> yeah, it's just Tyler. <laughs> All right. All right. So we seem to be good. So there, the topic of fandom right now, it's like, are fans too conceited about things? Take, for example, uh, are we, do we expect too much out of things? I, I know what you're saying. So, like, you're asking, have we as fans kind of set the bar so high it's impossible for anyone to hit that expectation? Okay, like for example, like because because the whole thing for me started with Justice League. Okay. I thought it was very enjoyable. It was enjoyable. Was it perfect? No, 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 no. N- like not at all. I mean, it, it wasn't perfect, but it was a really good film. And then the new Star Wars. It is like there are some people who are saying this is the worst Star Wars movie ever made, and that baffles my mind. Yeah, I don't understand how they can say that with Episode One and Two. Yes. <laughs> how, how can you even fathom that this? is the worst one that's ever been made. Yeah, there's holes. There's holes in everything. Everybody sinks to Empire Strikes Back because, as we all know, that is the pinnacle. Like, that is the milestone of this is Star Wars. And I think maybe just a little bit this film is set up for fail because there there, there were some reviewers saying, oh, this is just as good or better. Yeah. So people walk in and go, oh, my God, this is going to blow my mind. And then they start nitpicking all this stuff because I, I still stand by they're like everything that people are complaining about this movie. Oh, it, 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 it's the pacing or it's this is too hokey or this is that or there's a hole in there. You watch any of the Star Wars movies. Yep. You're going to have that. These are not put together movies like so perfectly like in a bow. 
you, like, I, you're telling me they're made by George Lucas for Christ's sakes. Right. A lot yeah. of them were. Right. Yes. And I mean, and to his defense, I'm going to defense George. I'm going to defense George, like, like, like George for a second. His attention to detail was not absent. Correct. In those prequel movies, his attention, like he was, he had all this stuff, all these little looks, all these different things he was doing. He had in mind. He's not the best character director, so when he's getting a performance out of an actor, you're, he's not getting what Spielberg could get, or you know, for example, maybe a Ron Howard could even get. But when it comes to like action scenes and this and that, this little detail, this little detail, he's a he's a competent filmmaker. We'll look at Episode Three, Obi Wan versus Anakin. That oh. is one of the best fight scenes in Star Wars. Well, yes, ever. Uh, uh, yeah. and then the opening to that movie. Which is probably the biggest in scope battle that we've had in Star yes. Wars film, you know, filmography yet. Yeah. With the whole big first twenty minutes of that movie, it is straight up badass Star Wars. Yes. Well, and with George Lucas's faults, is you hit it, you hit the nail right on the head. He's definitely not a character director, but with the special, what he he is a pioneer of special effects in Absolutely. the film industry. You look at any film in the last forty years. They have they have to take time and look at what George did this mm-hmm. in 1977 with the original, and it was all groundbreaking. Mm-hmm. So um, the miniature work that he yeah, did, yeah, everything that, that he did, and you know, people some people complain about <clears throat> with the original trilogy a lot of the CGI stuff that they added. Obviously, it was bad. It was you know the best that they had at the time. Imagine if that CGI stuff was added now. It would be a lot better. Mm-hmm. Um, you look at Tarkin in Rogue One. Yes. How how can you complain about that CGI? Can't. My my wife looked at me during the film and said, "Is that the real guy? I thought he was dead." Well, yeah. I, I mean, he he's died been, in '94. He's been gone for a long time. But it to to the to the person who's not super involved, that looks like the person all the time. So, um, and also switching on you on that is the fans complaining about. Putting him in it, yeah. How I can don't... you not have him in no, you Rogue can't. One? You... He has to be there. He's Tarkin is such a central figure in the Empire. Yes, like if you if you notice, like he is, and he's a probably a bigger authority oh. figure than Darth <laughs> Vader. Oh, absolutely. You know, Vader, he, he's doing his own stuff, but like it, when he like when you look at A New Hope, what does Leia say? Oh. How should I? Like, how could I not have thought that you'd be here holding Vader's leash? Right. You know, Tarkin has worked his way up, up the echelon, and what's awesome, I, I totally forgot about this. I watched a video. I think we talked about this on, uh, on the uh, something that we're going to announce soon. My bad. Sort of crossed the streams there for a second. That's fine. We'll get there. Uh, yeah, we will. But um, in episode three, I watched this video. Have, have you guys ever heard of Cinema Sins? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Everything wrong. It just counts up everything singly wrong with a movie. There's another channel called Cinema Wins, where it's like defending and it's like saying, well, let's look at everything good about this. And he, they did all the Star Wars prequels. And one of the things of this attention to detail, and he's just a small little walk-on role, it's right at the end of the movie where it's Palpatine, Vader looking out of the Star Destroyer, looking at mm-hmm. the uh, formation of what is to be the, 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 the Death Star. Mm-hmm. And there is a young Tarkin yep. walking by, leaving that little scene. And of course... The three of those people right there. That is your triad of the highest form of leadership that the Empire has. Absolutely. So yes. to inc- not include him in Rogue One would be a like 
abysmal. Well, and it would be a it would be a travesty of justice. Going back to the the character development, you know, it just it it helps paint uh, director Krennic's life. Mm-hmm. You know, because the Death Star is his baby. Yeah, it's not his baby. That's Tarkin's baby. Tarkin is there as the you know second or third guy in command and. He's making sure that Krennic's not being a piece of shit the whole time, which he is. And he takes it. But without without Tarkin in that film, I mean, who do you have? You don't have anybody to look at except director Krennic. Right. And it's very, um, it, it's not so easy all the time to completely develop a brand new villain. Absolutely. In this. And, and while I feel I did a good job with Krennic, to see that shit rolls downhill like mm-hmm. it does for a lot of jobs... Yeah, you know, <laughs> so we have Krennic. He's getting he's getting shit on by Tarkin because he Tarkin's headed up to here with his failure, right? And he's like, "You think it's gonna be bad for me? Think about the other two guys that you'll have to answer to." And of course, he does at one point when we get a Vader cameo in the movie, which is mm-hmm. amazing. Yes, it but was. the darkest, most beautiful side of Vader is that cameo when in he, Rogue One when he lays down the pun. <clears throat> oh, don't yeah. choke on your ambition. <laughs> yeah. He's just like you know? he's just a little bit there, you know. Yeah, oh. yeah, that, <laughs> yeah, the whole. <laughs> <laughs> but but uh, you know, it, and that's the thing that just goes to nail at home. Vader's not doing that kind of shit that he does to Krennic on Mustafar to Tarkin. No, he's, he. Well, that that harkens back to that Tarkin's back. That goes back great. to the Clone Wars. There's an episode in the Clone Wars with Tarkin and Anakin yep. where right. they're they're like on the same page about a lot of their views, but Anakin is tied to the Jedi Order and Tarkin to the the Republic's the Army of the Republic or right. whatever wherever he was. Um, but they they were on the very same page, so they have a very mutual respect for each other. All throughout their history together. Yes. If you notice in A New Hope, when Vader's like decided to show a little bit of his strength, he's choking that dude. Who tells him to let go? Absolutely. Tarkin, Tarkin, yeah. Tarkin. All right, enough. And Vader's like, Vader does it because he has so much respect for Tarkin. Yes. Now, to circle this back around to what I was saying, I have seen nothing but... I've seen so many people hating on this movie, uh, on, on Star Wars The Last Jedi. That's all I've seen. Have you seen the movie, Mike? Oh, I saw it. Okay. D Day. Yeah. Okay. So yeah, you stopped me in the parking lot as I was driving out. We were, I was holding up traffic, I believe, yeah. and you're like, "Hey, I saw it today." <laughs> and we what, rolled what down did, our windows. What did I say? I you said there, <clears throat> there are certain things that should have happened that happened. Like yes. bringing back Yoda as an element of the Force, not him physically being there, but him talking to Luke. That had to happen. Well, that was opinion, a great cameo. Has too. to happen. And, but people are are bitching about some of that stuff. It's like, you 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 set the bar for Empire of like, Empire nothing was forced. Everything just kind of rolled. This is different. This has an expectation of it mm. has to be that good. So they have to kind of force a little bit of stuff in. Stuff has to be forced. But it's a new story. You can't look at the old story and say, well, this is the way it should be. That's not the way the case. It's it's going in a new direction. Well, see, and here's the thing. Because a lot of people are complaining about Luke Skywalker's character, and but I he, saw this. I, I thought it was. Wonderful. We didn't even, we didn't even talk. We didn't, I loved it. We didn't even talk about the most beautiful moment in that movie on our review. 
And uh, poor boy actually told me he's like, "How do you guys miss this? Was crazy, but the R two and Luke. Moment, oh yes, yeah. we didn't even touch on that. Right, and it's it is him, such a beautiful him playing moment. the message back. Yeah, well, it was and so it's short, you know. And he just says like, uh, "Way to take the cheap shot." Yeah, you know? that, that he goes. I love that because R two is just like, yeah, remember this? <laughs> yeah. Up? Now yeah. this is you. Yeah. Now okay, so I saw this meme, and I couldn't disagree with this meme anymore. And it's a meme from Luke from all the four movies that he's in, uh, apart from the Force because right. he doesn't say anything. But it's Luke Skywalker. You know, hi, I'm Luke Skywalker, and I'm here to rescue you. Episode five. It's like, but Han and Leia will die if I don't rescue them. Episode six. I have to try to save him. They're still good in him. Episode eight. Get off my island. Get off my lawn. Go away. It's like, <laughs> and it's like, and someone's like, I don't want to see this story. This isn't Luke Skywalker. I'm like, that's because this is Luke Skywalker, 25, 30 years later, who has failed. Yep. He yeah. is like, okay, who failed before? Uh, Obi-Wan failed. He went yes. into hiding. Obi- Obi-Wan failed in training Anakin. He failed him. Yoda failed. Yoda he failed. Dagobah. He led the entire Jedi Order to dust because he couldn't make any sense of the fact that a Sith Lord had the highest seat of power in the Republic. None of them could because Sidious was so good about using both sides of the Force. Yes. He, yep. he was a chameleon. He was right in there. And what did he say to Anakin? You have to learn both sides. Exactly. To be a true Jedi or, or Sith. To be a true master, master of, the, of force. the Force. You have to learn both sides of the Force. Right. So he is the pinnacle of like, he to me, he is the Honestly, strongest yes. ever. Because he literally hid from everyone in plain sight. Yes. And, and so, and like, what did they do? They, they went into hiding. They hid. And then uh, Luke was sought out like either by the force or fate. If you want to say, you know, it's, it's pretty much the same that the force is guiding him. And Obi-Wan takes a different approach with, 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 you know, with, with his training. He trained Anakin so strict. He was always so like, you know, forceful with him and training Luke. What does he do? He sets back. Hey, here's a remote. He learns. He, you know, he just he learns from his mistake. He, yes. Same with Yoda in it, like in a sense, because now it's like, he's, hesitant to train because he sees so much of Anakin in Luke but then like when he does he's not he's not necessarily training him the same way he's trained others he's you know and then you get to Luke in just a second here but he you get to Luke and he trained Ben he failed Ben he you know he failed all these and now here's Ray he doesn't want to do it and he's cut off I'm, I'm done but then there's there's that there's that small little pull in here. Yeah, of course. To, to do the right thing, and so what does he do? He trains her differently than the way he's trained anybody else, and he wants to try and show her his point of view. And so, like, why isn't that his character? Why doesn't it make sense? Because he is a broken man at this point. <laughs> I just saw that dog like this <laughs> with his nose just pow right in my arm. I'm like. But I don't I, like someone's like that's not Luke Skywalker. It's like people change in life through their experiences, you know. And so you're telling me that he's got to be the same. He's got to be the same character as he was 40 years ago. He's not gonna be. He's not gonna be because in his heart he failed not only Ben, he failed Leia, he failed Han, he failed everybody. He he failed the Jedi. He yeah. failed Yoda. He failed Obi Wan. Well, and that's I. What I was going to say next was I'm really gra- glad that you brought up Obi Wan to start with because Obi Wan went into exile, you know. To you know, at the end of Revenge of the Sith, Yoda tells him, "Well, I've learned how to communicate with 
people in the Force. You know, he, he well, I've learned to talk to Qui-Gon. So Obi-Wan goes into his isolation to get more in tune with the Force and watch over Luke. <clears throat> Obi-Wan changes because... Pupper. But uh, Obi-Wan, <laughs> Obi-Wan changes, and, you know, you said he takes the more standoffish approach, just staying back and watching, and in The the Last Jedi, Luke talks a lot about the hubris of the Jedi, mm-hmm. and how um, just, you know, I don't want to say fanatical, because I think that's too strong of a word, but it is a religion. You yeah. know, Luke says in The Last Jedi that it's a religion. And they're they're so set on light side, light side, light side. This is this is what we do, and this is how we have to do it. That they're so blind. Absolutely. Else. What how what is it? <laughs> how can you not say that Obi Wan has learned in his time on Tatooine that man the Jedi kind of fucked up a little bit. We made a lot of mistakes, mm-hmm. you know. In his isolation, he's sitting there and he's thinking of you know he's thinking about this shit constantly. So how can you complain about Luke's character development into an old man? When Obi Wan did the exact same thing, it's, it's, the it's, exact same to thing. To me, it's perfect. And so did Yoda. Absolutely. I mean, Yoda goes to fucking Dagobah into exile. Yeah. Well, here's here's my point to add is that I don't know which which episode it is. I don't know if it's two or three, but Yoda states it might be the Clone Wars. Also, I don't, I'm not sure that they have become blind. That they they are too. You know, we are. The, the driving force here that we are blind to what's actually happening and it's it going to be, be our downfall. It might he actually be in three it. because by the time, because even in three, he's still not. Yeah. He's still like, it might be like right when everything starts is it, to fall is apart. Our, right. What is it? Our arrogance will, like, uh, I can't remember the exact, but he states that he has the feeling that something's going to happen, but he feels that we're too arrogant to see what's actually going on in our back, in our backyard, essentially. And, to me, with Luke, with the whole Luke moving to the old man, it's look at what Luke's been through. I mean, his father was Dark Vader, the Dark Lord, the strongest, supposedly, you know, born of the Force. And then he had the problem with Kylo. He promised Leia and Han, I will take care of him. I will do everything I can. He fails them, as you say, and then when he fails there, he fails Yoda, Obi-Wan, in his mind, he's failed everyone. He is a failure, so he cuts himself off from the Force, and they show it where he does not use it at all. My favorite part about that is that, like, when Obi-Wan goes into isolation and Yoda does, they don't cut themselves off from the Force. Nope. No. You know, they're, they're, they're probably in, in communication with Qui-Gon and learning more, and that's the opposite with Luke. He's so ashamed yes. of that failure that he's he, that he's like, it's done. It's over. I'm just going to stay here, and I'm gonna, and I'll come here to die. He's, yeah, I'm not leaving. Exactly. I'm not leaving this die. place. I'm not well, leaving this damn island. And it's perfect character development because all the way through Empire and Return of the Jedi, you know, when he's finally introduced to Yoda and in, in Yoda's tutelage, he talks. Of, Yoda talks to him about... Stop Stop using your emotion. You mm-hmm. can't use your emotion. It's the path to the dark side. And Luke continues to do it, and Yoda's smacking him on the hand. Stop doing that. Stop it. You know, and that's Luke realizing that I can't, I can't do what I want to do. So he cuts himself off with the Force, but that in itself is an emotional decision. Yeah. He is so ashamed, and, and shame is emotion. And then there we get the Yoda scene. When he's like still looking too far in the future, he yep. hits him again. Yeah, he's exactly. like still here. We're still learning, aren't we? <laughs> yep. I love that scene. And the thing is, is that in just a second, Blick. Yeah. Um, Blick. 
Blaine. <laughs> Dr. Blick. <laughs> oh, my oh, God. Here is another one. Oh, fuck. All right. Dr. I Blick is your evil twin. twin. Like, twin? When he first, like, see, because in this movie, and what people, like, like, and, and they're complaining about this movie, but he has his own character arc as well. He does. Ray has. Kylo has. And then Luke has. And everyone else is kind of like sprinkled in here and there. They got their own little development. They got their own little side plot, all this kind of stuff. But Luke has a development when he decides to reopen himself back up to it and feel it and feel out there. Yeah. And, and then he feels Leia, like, you know, basically hanging on to life at that point. And that's when he decides, all right, fine. You want to see it? I'll show you. But, you know, you know, uh, we're going to do this my way. Yep. And then you're going to see my point of view. But the, But the thing is, is that that point of view is also a little skewed. It's still skewed because when, because when Yoda like come, comes to him, you know, when Luke is like, I'm going to just burn the tree and destroy the text. And, Yoda, and Yoda's like, are you? Okay. And then Luke's like, <laughs> do it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> no. And then do Yoda it. goes ahead and like zaps the tree. He's like, ah, the, 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 the text. And he's like, <laughs> like, but but his, you have. before, before Blaine goes into his, in that section, he says, we have done, <laughs> You know, we have done a lot of wrong. Mm-hmm. Like, we have not. You know, we if we go by this text, we cannot go any further. Essentially, is what he's saying. Like, we've done a lot of wrong here, just because we followed this text. A good basis, it is. Yes, but like, don't don't be don't get so caught up in these books. It's right. not doctrine, exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, knowing and I and I really, and I really feel like that Yoda knew all along that she has the books. Yeah, of course, Yoda knew. Blaine, what were you gonna say? Okay, about? so a lot of the things that you guys have said since I've raised my hand a little bit yeah, ago. Sorry. Uh, no, no, it's completely fine because you're just adding to what I want to say. Is okay. So Tyler brought up that the Jedi are basically a religion. Same with the Sith, and it gets brought up in Episode Three when Palpatine is talking to Anakin uh, that each side is just a point of view of the Force, and you know, uh, it, and then you you bring up the fact that. Yoda's like, hey, you can't use emotion when using the Force. Oh, wow. <laughs> Thanks for that, Tyler. I'm sorry. Uh, I had to. Oh, and then, and then wow. Thanks for that, Brandon. <laughs> oh, memes galore. Yeah. Uh, but no, um, that, but the Sith, they use their pure emotion. emotion. It's pure emotion. It, it's pure emotion. It's raw emotion. <laughs> and they use that to their advantage. They use that to amplify their Force powers. While the Jedi use their peace of mind and their, their focus... Serenity. It's their serenity to amplify their force powers. But then you have these people that walk both paths, that can draw upon both sides, and they, they know that, it, like Mike said, to be a true master of the force, you have to walk both paths. You have to use your emotion. You have to have peace of mind. And it's, it's, a, it's a beautiful chaos. Absolutely. Yeah. And, and that's basically like a like a great Jedi. It's yes. like not being absolute into one or the other, yes. but knowing that fine yes. balance. And that's something that um I watched this video about the new uh canonized way that the people get their lightsaber colors. Mm-hmm. And apparently like in what we've always known is that they get to choose their own color. Mm-hmm. Well apparently that's not true anymore. Let's hear this. Yeah, uh, I haven't seen that. I want to hear this. Apparently when everybody gets a lightsaber its most basic form is the blue. It, yeah, uh, the that, kyber crystal. Yeah. So then, like, Which I think it's green, isn't it? Green? Well, it changes based upon where you're at, and it like it communicates with the force with your own like mentality. It's like it's like, are you more of a or more of a force user or more of a talker? Well, that's green. 
Yeah, the consular. Or if you're a say what again, motherfucker, you get purple. (laughs) Well, see, (laughs) I'm sorry. He he is the most powerful gray Jedi that's ever been because Um, he walks the line. You goddamn right. That's why you get the purple, and that's why that's so rare. Is that you actually have somebody who pulls from the dark side to pull that back against the dark. You know, you know who had a purple lightsaber? Who? Revan. Yes. Mm -hmm. Yes. Great reference. And we'll see. And but that was part of his journey, though. He didn't start with it either, because it was. Uh, I think he did, but he he eventually moved. He became a Sith Lord. I thought it was. I thought he was green, and then <sighs> gold, and then purple. Well, no, because he had red when he was Darth. Well, Revan. yeah, right. Yeah, but obviously, when you go. Darth did he have a name before Revan? <laughs> you go Darth, no, he's you always go he was always Revan. So he just became Darth Revan. Yeah, just, <laughs> like I'm just gonna keep my name. Which there there was I, I think Malik they just like he just like I'm gonna change my C. There was one <laughs> Sith Lord before Revan, Revan that uh, took the the mantle of Darth and that was Darth Andidu, and Dedu and Didu, um, one of the an- <laughs> <laughs> one of the ancient Sith Lords from Corbin. Yeah. Uh, so another thing to add to that, how do you like the fact that they put the small little portal to the Sith? On the island, on the first Jedi te- yeah. temple, they have this little portal, and all it is is a beach with, like, I guess, glass, whatever you want to call it. Like, oh, the black hole. You go like, through the hole and the the onyx, and you just stare into it, and it's goth, the goth Sarlacc pit. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, pretty much. But, I mean, what does it show her? Essentially, what does it show her, excluding the end part of that? It you can't only have shows, one without the other. It only shows her. True. All it is is infinite amounts of her, and she is the one that finds the path that she's supposed to go. Mm-hmm. That shows themselves as you are you. You are the most powerful, or whatever, however you want to interpret it. But it just you have shows. the answer. Now you have the answer. We don't. The Force. Nobody else in the in the galaxy has the answer, but you. You have to look inside yourself. But like everybody said here, the dark side is all emotion, raw emotion. But then this the, the, the Jedi are no emotion. You, you lock it out. But how can you be what you are without any emotion? Well, and that's a th- then, then that's, you're just you're just a mindless tool. Well, that is, is, and that's the downside following. of the Jedi mm-hmm. mindset. I mean, it really is because it can lead so many people to fall. Right. It, some people are really, are really good at it. They're, you know, like they're very monkish. It's you know, discipline. Like the yes. The, the discipline. big thing is is it's like discipline. to not let your emotions overcloud your judgment yes that is the gray path is you know you use your emotion to increase your power but you know where the line is drawn yes okay i'm not going to go and kill brandon just because he pissed me off like the sith do but i'm going to be like you know fuck you You, i'm pissed at you i'll get you back but it's kind of the way that they play it and i can't remember Exactly what I wanted. Back to kind of what I was saying Sorry. for the original point, though, <laughs> is that, all right, so, like, the critics, yeah, that, that, that's like one of three for this podcast at this point, huh? This, this will be the first of three. Yeah. <laughs> Mike is very notorious for having to take pee breaks, even on Game Addicts, where we run a much long, uh, shorter uh, runtime. And you video record. Yes. Which makes it more than that. He's like, I'm fucking going. I have to going. sit there by myself. <laughs> Bye. Well, I guess I'll take over the show here, Mike. Uh, I do want to point out, sorry, uh, that a lot of people are saying like, "Oh, Kylo Ren and Snoke aren't traditional Sith. They're not. They're Sith. not. They're not." Everybody quit thinking that <clears throat> Snoke and Kylo Ren, Ben Skywalker, 
are Sith lords or part of the Sith in any sort of way. There are other factions of the dark side. Have you ever heard of the Night Sisters brought that are brought up in the Clone Wars? I might add. Thank you, Mike, <laughs> from the bathroom. bathroom. Holy <laughs> shit! Well, I'm I'm glad that you said that because you know we we've talked a little bit about how naive kind of the Jedi have been during their reign and how it ultimately led to their downfall. You know through that arrogance and whatnot. The Jedi used something that a Sith Lord came up with: the rule of two. A Jedi Master can only have one student at any given yeah. time. So that Which, just that just they go- came up with that not even knowing that the Sith Lords came up with it. Right, but that just goes to show how, you know, this hits home, what we keep talking about, the using the both sides of the Force. Obviously, having one student doesn't really have anything to do anything with that, but the Sith and the Jedi are no different. Something that, to to add to what you said, something that that video pointed out, and what is said at the very beginning of of Revenge of the Sith, and it's... um, it's when Anakin duels Dooku and defeats Dooku. Yeah. And Chancellor Palpatine's there. And it's the first time he kind of lets his true persona slip through. Yes. He's do like, it. kill him. Do it. And he's like, I shouldn't. And then he's like, do it. And he, he, you know, he, he, Anakin finally kills him. And Anakin feels remorse. He's like, shouldn't have done that. That's not the Jedi way. And what does Sidious say? He was too dangerous to be left alive. Flash forward a little bit. Great sound effect. Okay. Yes. Flash forward, and Anakin, he's a, has an inner turmoil. He's wanting to try. He's like, man, Sidious offered me help. He's, he's, he, Anakin's always afraid of losing his mother. He lost his mother. Right. He's not going to lose his wife, goddammit. So no. then, he's, so then uh, Sidious is like, I can help you. He reveals himself to Anakin. Anakin is torn. He turns him in. Mace is like, we'll take care of it. If what you said is true, you have my trust. Undivided trust. Like, And then... Anakin's kind of torn. He goes like, "All right, no, okay, let's maybe if we can, if I can stop him, maybe he won't kill him, and maybe I can still save Padme." Runs and, in there, and here we are, full circle. And then there's Mace Windu holding him. He's like, "No, don't kill him." He, and what does Mace say? He's, He's too, too dangerous, dangerous to be, be left, left alive. alive. Absolutely. And that is his downfall because what happens? There's no difference between the Sith and the Jedi except for a point of view, right? And what's going to help him more at this moment? The Sith. What's going to help him get what he wants to save Padme? The Sith. So he chose, and he chooses to uh-huh. kill, or at least stop, Mace Windu. That completes his circle, and he falls to his knees. And he, he's, he even has remorse. What have I done? I've Because cho- now this is point of return. He can't go back to the Jedi and go, sorry, guys, no. I, I fucked up, and I, and I killed Mace Windu. Well, of course he can't go back. He killed them all. Well, <laughs> at some point. He does go back. But then, <laughs> yeah. but then by the end of the movie, he's so... Like the dark side has consumed him so that he's so power hungry at this point. Saving yes. Padme is not enough. No, he point. wants to rule with her. Yes. And he's so clouded. And the same thing with Ben. Because mm-hmm. that circles back around for Last Jedi when he kills Snoke and he falls. And she's like, awesome. He's on my side now. To me, Great. yes. To me, I thought he, up until Snoke was dead, up until after that battle, with, with all the Praetorian guards, still the greatest scene. In oh, the it was. Oh, yeah. Great, great, great yes, scene. they go back to back, and I got up erect. until. I mean, up until the very end of that battle, once all the Praetorian guards are get are dead, he sees Snoke dead, and that's when I th- I think up until that point he was light side. He had rejoined the light, but he sees Snoke dead, and that's when the darkness took complete hold. Now oh yeah. Now it's the grip. It's like 
and, in charge, and he is Anakin me. at that point. I've overthrown. All and right. then she goes, come on, there's still time, call the attack. And he's just like sitting there, all this emotion kind of going through his head. And she goes, come, no, don't, please. He goes, and then now he turns to her and is like, does the same thing Anakin does to Padme. Yes. You and me. He does the screw same the thing Jedi, Anakin does to Padme. Screw the Sith. We start anew right now. You and me. Force, whatever. Call us whatever you want. We're Kill it, you know. It, it's that line. Kill it, you know. He does the same thing to Padme, or he does the same thing that Vader or Anakin did to Padme, and Vader did to Luke. Yes, yes, very yes. much so. Reach your hand out, join me. We can stop him. We can rule. I'm not gonna lie about reach my hand out and yeah, grab you. Almost did. You almost did. <laughs> I was like, I want to. We're all in. We're all if, in. if it were Tyler, I would have been like, yes. Let's do this. Let's do this. I just don't understand, <laughs> like, like. To, I'm not trying to end this discussion because it's a great discussion. It is. But we are 30 minutes in. We are 30 minutes <laughs> into this one topic. I want to add one more thing before you end. I do, I do too, before we close okay. out of this topic. I'm just looking at the fan reception. People are like, oh my God, Justice League is such a bad movie. When you look at, like, it's not perfect, but it's a pretty enjoyable flick. It is. It was. And then you look at this movie, and, like, all the critics are like, yay. And half the fan base are like, worst movie ever. The plot holes a blunder. And it just, it just. <laughs> You're right. Yeah, I had to sneeze. I'm so sorry. I didn't know if you just sort of laughing like a troll. <laughs> I said plot holes a blunder. <laughs> I loved your verbiage there. Yes. I really, I really had and to say like, that. I'm just like, I've seen the movie twice. Has anybody else seen it twice? I'll be I've going to see it my second time tomorrow. I saw it twice because we, uh, you know, and I'll be using my movie actually, pass. Yeah, it came in. Four of us actually went Excellent. to see, you know, see it together, and then we did the episode for one for 170, and then like I took Caitlin like over the weekend, and she loved it. Awesome. And it was cool. better for me. Even the stuff that I criticized during 170 was a little bit better for me because I knew kind of what was happening. The anticipation was... builds when I was watching it with you guys. That's exactly what I was trying to tell you. Like watching it with you three, seeing it for the first time, hyped me even more because I was like, oh my God, we're at the Red Room and they have no idea what the fuck is coming and it's glorious. Well, and oh my God, we're at the hyperspace moment and they're about to go light speed through these ships and I have nothing to say, but oh my God, and Blaine's over here like, I'm acting shit out with my hands, yeah. That's kind of like what Rob did whenever I watched Force Awakens because right when they got the Falcon, I was literally like yelling, if you fucking wreck my ship, I will kill you. Something I didn't notice the first time around. They lost the they lost the radar dash again. Yeah, I, yes, I said that yes. to you last week. Uh, like when Chewie's flying through the caves, I saw it. I'm like, I didn't see that the first time, so I waited for it to come back around. No dish. <laughs> so maybe we're gonna get a different. I'm, I'm si- really size and I'm really anxious to see it tomorrow. I'm going with my dad. Cool, and, awesome. Uh, he was one of the people that uh, always I always enjoyed watching Star Wars with as a kid. Mm-hmm. And so I took him to see Force Awakens. He's like, Yeah, it's not the same. He he was he didn't he's like it wasn't bad but it's just it's not the same it's not the old movies and I'm like oh, dad of all the movies I figured this was gonna be the one you like because it was it was the most pra- it had all the practical effects it, it's the it had the magic the yeah it yes. had the magic it did and this, so I'm really anxious to go see it with him tomorrow this movie it, it see the same people who were like oh that movie was just too much like the other one this movie took. So many chances. It did. Because it didn't tell just a chapter two. It was like chapter two and three together. Yeah. And like killing Snoke, it's like, we don't know anything about Snoke. It's terrible. We didn't know anything about Palpatine. We literally He didn't, didn't show up really then. until episode six. And what did he do? And what did you and he actually sat. what do you know about him? The only thing you know about him is Clone Wars. If you haven't watched the Clone Wars, you have 
He's just that guy. Or just just watching the the behind the scenes stuff and the prequels. That's where yeah. you get your story from him. Yep. You know, mm-hmm. so it's like all you know about him in Return of the Jedi is that he is just one evil fuck. Yeah. Yep. And Snoke kind of comes off like that. He's just powerful evil fuck. And then they again. I love the verbiage. Still can't use <laughs> yeah. lightning though. Yes. Who can't use lightning? Snoke used lightning. Yeah, Snoke he used, was, he used it, but not like he literally flicked his. He snapped he, he, his he finger only, only a little and bit. annihilated well, like, Kylo. <laughs> well, like he, yeah, but it wasn't, he did more with less than what I feel like. He, I, I don't think it was the same. I feel like it, he could he could have potentially been more powerful than Palpatine. Oh, I don't. I don't know about when that. that. Just go. That that just adds to the to the mythos. The exci- Yeah, and the excitement for about. Episode I feel like Nine with, with Palpatine. It was he was holding back because it was Vader. Like if he went full bore, Vader never would have even got two or three steps. But I feel like he was holding back because if Luke doesn't join, he still has to have Vader. I see. I feel by that point the Emperor's like strength. Not to say he wasn't strong. He's older. How old was he there? He's old as shit. He was old as shit in episode three. I say he was like 90 in episode three or something. Read like the Darth Plagueis book. Yeah. Cause That's I, all I have to say. Now, like, to any of it you. just, it's like, seeing the hate for the movie, like, some people's like, yeah, the movie still sucked. Buddy, movie did not suck. No. Not by not. any means. Watching that the second time, this is a fucking Star Wars movie. Yes. Absolutely. It's a different feel, but it's a good different feel. So to, so to add before we go, going on back here now what i don't understand and this is one of my just picking apart the star wars mythos is that anakin chooses to go with palpatine to save padme but that one choice cannot determine that much anger (laughs) literally at that point he's like okay you know, I want to say Padme, but then all of a sudden he goes and destroys the entire Jedi Order. Well, for what? Well, Palpatine tells him. Palpatine to. Well, tells, tells him. him. Tells him to, but he goes in and he is lust with anger and, and rage. Well, like, I he think feels it's betrayed because, by the Jedi Order, but absolutely. also Palpatine says you have to do more dark side shit to get get powerful enough to do what I need to show you yeah. to save Padme. Not to it's mention, not necessarily overly stated like that, but he, I, he does say that. Not to mention over the course of the Clone Wars, like. Anakin's trust in the Jedi just wavers yes, yes. so much. I, I feel like that the the Clone Wars and this is me personally explain all the shit you want to know. All right, all right. Because the crystals, they never mention anything about the crystals, how they get their crystals, what has to happen, nothing. In the Clone Wars, it's like five episodes of this yeah, is what you have to do. It is. You, you have to do this. The the crystal chooses the the Jedi like mm-hmm. it's not you know they it goes off of your weak point and your strong point and then a Sith gets the red by they're, stealing they're a Jedi's stealing uh, crystal and then doing the dark side stuff to it that makes it leak. well they're right. actually they eventually originally but uh, uh, they eventually came up with uh, a way to synthesize the crystals themselves mm-hmm. yeah they're synthetic crystals I liked what you told me about uh, Kylo's lightsaber because I didn't know that. The reason why it has the, like the two little the cross burst, guard, like the cross guard, is because the crystal is so unstable. Unstable. Yeah, that it needs like those are vent. Which you can, you can look at the vent at the vent at the, the actual blade itself, and it's very yeah. unstable. Very yeah, it's it's always I've always loved that. I've always loved that. It, it always matches loved his that. character. Too. It does. Absolutely. It really he's such does. an unstable person, and that's something that uh, I feel like Adam Driver nailed it in this movie. Oh yes. Gosh, it gave me such a nerd boner. Like <laughs> the the like the force FaceTime as Torres called it. Yes. Uh, between Ray and him. 
and then like the pull to the light, the pull to the dark, the seesaw thing going on. Yeah, you can definitely like, tell. It's and then of course, like his reaction when he sees the falcon in the air, shoot that piece of junk out of the sky right now. That's the last piece of his dad. Yeah, he wants rid of it because it's still pulling at him, just like Luke says. Well, not just not just the falcon, also Chewie. Well, Chewie, there's there's that. <laughs> well, um, and I love the fact that um, they say. They really hate that ship. <laughs> they hate that ship. <laughs> they hate that. Like, literally all the forces stop their attack and go after the All right, ship. I'm going to interject here. We're at 45 minutes. <laughs> we How, that's Star Wars for you. How poignant, yes. though, is yes. it that, like, when everything is down and out and there's nothing left, the symbol of hope, the symbol of that ship, everybody's on that, and that's oh, all yeah. that's left. Right, yep. Absolutely. Well, to, I want to know. I love that topic, Brando. By the way, and I would just to yes. uh, actually say almost anything. Well, I was just interjecting my points, listening to you guys. I've definitely feel that the uh, the nerddom kind of betrayed Star Wars a little bit. It was like people who didn't get their way were upset, so they yes. created. There's a lot of controversy over people whether or not these uh, reviews are fake or not. There's some you know different alt right groups that have claimed that they hacked and made the results worse and whatnot uh, now, well that was my that was my topic because there are people right now that so have we just bleed right into the yeah, next topic here no, not my main topic that this is what i raised my hand for there are people right now that are joining together in groups on rotten tomatoes to downvote star wars it's foolish. It's like, listen, it is. why? It is. Why would you do that? Well, in five years, after we've seen Episode Nine, everyone's going to be like, "That was the greatest fucking movie Absolutely. ever made." There are and here's who why: are upset because there are people who are saying that Ray's just powerful because she's a woman. No, it has nothing to do with that. No, it really. That, they don't even mention like that. Or there's... like, oh, what? So like, there are three main protagonists: are a woman, a black dude, and a Hispanic. So fucking what? Hispanic. Who cares? Poe. Poe Dameron. Yeah. He's not Hispanic. Oscar Isaac is actually Dominican. What? Yes. What? I had no idea. I'm sorry, but he needs to get the Falcon. Uh, Discussion over the best pilot in the freaking galaxy. He needs to have the best ship in the galaxy. That dude. (laughs) That dude is a fantastic musician, actually. Yes. Oscar Oscar Isaac. Isaac. Uh, First time I ever saw him was in a movie called 10 Years. Yeah. And, and he played a song called Never Had, and I absolutely love that song. Yes, absolutely. We actually like, used one of his songs point, for Foodies nice. uh, for to talk about Star Wars. But anyways, go ahead. To that point, it's like there are people in uh, political groups who are just like shitting on this movie because, oh, it's so liberal now. Right. It's, like, <laughs> it's, it's, it, it's catering to a certain audience, the feminist, uh, the Black Lives Matter unit, uh, you know, movement. And it's like it – they don't you get the point. You are looking for this. Yeah, because they don't you get the really point. Are. The point is the normalization that anybody could fill those roles. It doesn't fucking matter what their skin color is. It could be a fucking blue alien like Gam- uh, uh, Nebula yeah, or, or green <laughs> Gamora. like Gamora, you know? Well, it caters to youth and hope mm-hmm. and open-mindedness. Exactly. And, you know, my dad saw the original Star Wars in 1977 on opening night in a small theater in Lakeside, California. I'm okay, jealous. okay. So the last part of <laughs> that my dad didn't do, but most of what you just said is exactly as my father. So he was not in California. You're taking something that is a is has been a part of us all. It you know it goes on. It goes well along. It goes well along with the theme of the movies. I was fucking I'm born a, into Star Wars. I'm a Jedi, yep. like my father before me. My dad saw this fucking movie, dude, <laughs> on opening night, and you're gonna shit on it because I saw it on opening night, and it's not as good as you thought it could be. Fuck you. 
Absolutely. So, people who are claiming that Ray's just strong because she, because she's a woman. It's such a woman empowering movie. Look at Leia. Absolutely. You yeah. Know, originally, it was like, oh, she's a damn little in distress. And yeah, who takes charge? She's a motherfucking princess. She, she owns shit. that shit. <laughs> and after, by, after Empire, she is the fucking but, leader dude, of everything. But even in it, but even in Empire and and Hoth, she's taking charge. Oh, yeah. Absolutely, yes. right Tyler, out the gate. Do you want to do it with me? Huge. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, I love I'm it. I'm just saying, like, I really think that the fans are being really unfair to this movie. Watch it again, guys. Yeah. Unnecessarily Go, fair. Look at this and look at what Star Wars has been. Look how much discussion it brought up. Look at the original prequels. Look at Force Awakens. Look at the prequels, even. And look at the formula that has still brought forward and is still the Star Wars formula. Because what I feel, and you said this the other day, that they are Disney is bracing themselves for the Han Solo movie to fail. Correct. Absolutely. They are expecting it because of what happened with Last Jedi. And, right. and here we are. We we have such and granted, the people who are like hating on this movie, they're diehard fans of Star Wars. No one hates Star Wars fan. No one hates Star Wars like Star Wars fans. Exactly. Exactly. Or Star Trek fans. That's also true. I actually yeah, saw a picture where they took about uh, old man Luke and put him on like a like a red shirt. It's oh like, God! You'll never take the sky away from me. <laughs> <laughs> um, Damn it! But I just like I I, I kind of feel like they're looking at this going, oh my God, they're gonna tear this movie apart. When you know they felt they imagine being the executives at Disney seeing this movie going, oh my God, this is amazing, and then the feedback they get is because the drop off from week two from week one to week two was worse than Justice League. Yeah, for money coming in, that is crazy. Especially with the holiday. Yes. Yeah. That is absolutely crazy. And I, I just felt like like the Last Jedi is getting like kind of shat on, especially when most people, not everybody, came out of Force Awakens going, "Wow, Star Wars is back after ten years. It's almost what I remember. It's on a great track." And here's this next movie, this guy coming in saying, "I'm gonna do some stuff, and we're gonna take some risks and make a really cool movie out of this, and we're gonna sit back and we're gonna make sure this makes sense, and this comes in, and this here, and this here, and it's still Star Wars. It's gonna be great. Everyone's gonna love it." And then. It is like it is so divided. Yeah, it, it, I was Cynics, actually man. wondering, and it's crazy because almost everybody, a part of our network, that have seen it, they've loved it. So there's the first topic. All right, so we are <laughs> 45 minutes officially, 50 minutes in through the first topic. Uh, Mr. Tyler, what did you bring to the table today for the Nerds Around Table with our Overlords Disney and their ultimate takeover of the Earth beginning here uh, not long ago. What does everyone in this room think about two acquisitions they have, Aliens and Predator? I am excited. I, To be honest, yes, Disney is kind of sucking everything up, but... For they, good reason. They, they want to do, do it right. They do a great job. I mean, it's just... I, I, you look at original Disney stories, just the original, like the kids' stories... They're some of the best stories that's out there. Like in some of the movies, they're good. They're really good. A lot of their movies are really good shit. How many new movies that are coming out that don't go off something else that's just an original idea that are so highly acclaimed? I can only name stuff from Disney. So I'm happy with anything they acquire because... They do it right. It's weird, though. I wonder, you know, there was just a really successful Alien movie. Alien Covenant was really successful. I didn't see it yet, but I've heard great things. Like, it was a fucking awesome movie. Great I enjoyed effects. it. Okay, so you enjoyed it. It is successful. 
does this Aliens movie need a reboot through Disney, or do they just keep doing the thing? Well, the the, the reason um, I brought this up, and I'm going to split this into two, Aliens and Predator. Um, for Alien, um, you know, Ridley Scott is involved in the franchise again. Mm-hmm. How does Disney interact with Money Ridley started. and his baby? Because this is Ridley Scott's creature. Correct. You know, no pun intended. A but. lot of... A lot of times what Disney will do when they acquire something, they're not going to come in and they're not going to butt in and tell you what to do. They're going to look at who's in charge, who's, who's leading this project, who's leading this project. It's like, look at Lucasfilm. Who's who's in charge of Lucasfilm? Kathleen Kennedy. Right. So she is the be-all, end-all for Star Wars, anything that they own, any, any projects that are going on from Lucasfilm. And Disney's over here going, okay, what are you doing? Show us. All right, good. Go ahead. Thumbs up or and, thumbs down, and they're they're yep. going to interject when they need to, and so far they haven't. Okay, you know, and so when, when uh, that, well, other than the Han Solo, look at the Han Solo thing when the, with, with like with the directors that did yes, they you did know why that failed because they were trying to do a Thor Ragnarok thing, try to make it mostly improv, and Disney was like, that's not serving our character, that's not serving Han Solo, making it just an improv comedy based movie. No, so. It's not. And a lot of that was filmed when Ron Howard has it. So he's literally working with, like, hands full of dog shit, essentially, because it's it's a it's a mess. He was handed a mess before he even got his hands on it. When you're looking at something like Aliens, and really Scott is involved, and he's done, he did Prometheus, and then he did Alien Covenant. Now he's supposedly working on another one. Correct. And uh, definitely wants to expand uh, more into the AI with the David character. Um, I think what they're going to say, they're going to... He's going to come to the table, and he's, going to, he's probably going to have to pitch him is what it's going to be. If they end up and they end up owning the Alien franchise, they're going, they're going to see what – I mean, come on. It's Ridley fucking Scott. Right. Disney's not stupid. They know what they have. Right. You know, they, you know, he's the grandfather of Alien. And so they're going to look at him and go, like, all right, so, man, switch your idea. And then he's going to be like, I want to do this and this and this and this and that. And they're probably going to be like, all right, man, I'll look at this. This is what the kind of budget we're looking at. And uh, go do it. <laughs> Infinite. But like they're gonna say, all right, go do it, make your movie, and then they're gonna like they're just gonna kind of be off the sideline, and they're gonna see how it's progressing and how it's going, because this is Ridley Scott, and you're not gonna get involved unless he's spending way too much money, taking too much time. Yeah, what's this? What's that? Problems? They're not gonna get involved, and then if it's a massive and utter flop and doesn't make them any money, then they're gonna be like, all right, well maybe we shouldn't be, maybe if we're gonna own this, maybe we'll give it a little bit of break, put it on ice, and we. Put someone else in charge who we trust with their vision. Would you kick Ridley Scott out of his franchise? No, but if he failed, yeah. You think Disney would? Yeah. They, they have the they money, too. They shit. Like, really. Like, for example. But we're t- we just talked about fan backlash. You, you, you know, fans were, su- were just ecstatic that Ridley was back involved in I the franchise you. again. Would you want to mm-hmm. take that risk? Even if the movie didn't do so, that's hot. why you put it on ice and make people forget. True. Do do some other stuff for a while. When was the last? When was the last good Predator movie? Uh, good Predator movie or Predator movie? Good. Predator I enjoyed movie. Predators. Yes, I also what is really that? enjoyed was that. That, that was when they went on a planet. That was Robert Rodriguez. Yes. Didn't see it. it, was, it that was the, fantastic. Did they have Lawrence Fishburne in it? Yes. yes. Yeah. The, Which, that? for the record, Lawrence Fishburne did. Uh, technically, that was the Brian Cranston before. The, he got Brian Cranston before Brian Cranston became a thing when with Godzilla. Right. <laughs> Everybody like he was a big part of the trailer. They blew him up in the trailer, and 
spoiler alert, he's just some crazy loon that's been on this predator planet hunting grounds for, for like years. 20 years. He's the only sole survivor. Yeah, and he's just a loon, and he ends up just trying to fucking kill everybody. Is that the one with Topher Grace, too? Yes. yes. Okay. Uh, that, was, okay. that was fucking weird. Um, <laughs> it's a good movie. It was, a, it was another case of, oh, look, I'm Topher Grace, and I'm trying to further myself from Eric Foreman, but I'm still Eric Foreman. Still he keeps doing that. Predators it's true. Two is still uh, the one with Danny Glover. Yes. That one's pretty cool. I mean, the, the first two for me are are, are it. AVP is just it's a right long action movie. It's there. It's crap. It's uh, utter AVP and total two, shit. It doesn't even follow anything it's that's going. AVP two there. is worse than crap. Absolutely. Yes. It's like it's literal like. Wait, that that is worse than any sort of dog shit. They, that Ron they Howard what they did. tried to do. I don't was... know why I own that on Blu-ray. By the way, you own that movie on Blu-ray? AVP two. Probably because it was like three dollars. I have both. What? I have uh, both. <laughs> hand have both. slap. Slap it away. Um, no, AVP two. They tried to go back to the horror side of <laughs> Aliens and Alien versus Predator. So, not I don't I don't want to derail this, but I want to stay on Alien for a second. The reason the reason I brought that up with Ridley Scott and you know I know Ridley Scott's kind of a diva. He's okay. a little he's a little bit of a diva, so I don't know what Disney's track record is with handling divas uh, as far as directors go. I mean, but so 2 years ago there was a release or a preview release kind of thing for Neil Blomkamp and what he was going to do with a alien sequel that was taking place immediately after Aliens, the second film in the franchise, removing the third and fourth films um, from canon, so that Alien 3 and Alien Resurrection, neither one of those were very good movies. No. Um, bringing Sigourney Weaver back, uh, the guy that played uh, Bishop, and um, what was the Marine Corporal? Corporal Hicks. Corporal Hicks, yeah. So uh, bringing those... Uh, What's his name from the original Terminator movie? I can't even remember his name. James Michael? Cameron? No. Oh, James Cameron, the director? No, no, no. The Arnold Schwarzenegger. No. Michael Bean. Yeah, all, okay. these, all these aliens. All these aliens up here. But, Grab my hand. Ah, so slimy. The, <laughs> all that, these aliens in these motherfucking plane. <laughs> wow. That, what, what, you, I'm right, so sick uh, of these goddamn Nate, aliens. Nate, thanks for having me on the podcast. I'm going to leave now. Blaine just ruined it. <laughs> but well, uh, aliens on this goddamn plane. <laughs> so this sequel would take bring back a lot of the original cast from Aliens 2, pick up right after that movie left off, and then kind of be the um, either final farewell to Sigourney Weaver and her Ripley character uh, to finally flesh out that story. Because going from Aliens 2 to Alien 3, oh, we crashed on an alien or a prison planet and everybody dies except Ripley. That is a cop-out. That was terrible writing, and that was a shit-fucking movie. Yes. So... Aliens 2, you know, for what Alien did for, you know, science fiction and the horror industry, Alien is a masterpiece. Aliens 2 is pure entertainment. Yes. Well, I mean, and there's Cameron. I mean, Absolutely. James Cameron directed that movie. Um, so Blomkamp was hired to direct this movie. They started filming, and then with Ridley Scott and um, Alien Covenant, they kind of ran out of money. And then they're like, well, Neil, sorry, we got to scrap your movie. Sorry we'll, about you, pal. We'll, we'll keep everything that you've done, and we'll kind of keep you, you know, on our payroll, but we don't really have anything for you right now, so go do your own stuff. And he, Neil Baumkamp's done some fantastic stuff. District 9, 
Um, I haven't seen Chappie, but he does a lot of indie stuff. That's really, Chappie. really good. I haven't seen Chappie either. It's okay. I, but he, you got to look at. Yeah. He, he doesn't. He doesn't have the budget that a lot of right. other directors do. He's doing this all on his own. So, um, do you think that Disney's going to give us that sequel? That'd be nice. That'd be kind of cool because the same kind of thing is happening with Halloween right now. Absolutely. Yes. Uh, they're they're doing a sequel to. Is it Halloween one or Halloween two? I. I believe it's the first one. Okay, because they're 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 bringing back Jamie uh, Lee Curtis. Jamie Lee Curtis, and it is going to be like, what if all the other films never happened? Mm-hmm. Please, and just like absolutely, <laughs> please. And yes. so, like, this is a Halloween movie that's like a like, so you got to like separate it. It's almost like two different timelines. It's like, well, okay, these movies can happen if you want them to. God damn it, Barry but Allen. Th- but then go over here and do this one, and then this Fucking is the final list of the true sequel. So I mean, that would be neat. But I would like uh, – it, it just depends because it all depends on what they decide to do because how far along is a Ridley Scott uh, third movie in his new trilogy or his new series? How far along is that? And then from there, it's like you got to think anything, anything and everything. Bye, Nate. Anything <laughs> and everything. taking my second turn. Oh, okay. Anything and everything under the 20th Century Fox banner, uh, it's like how are they going to utilize that? Right. Are they going to like – is it going to be like Lucasfilm where it's like, okay, so this new thing that we've inherited, uh, all these franchises, we own it, but then we're all just going to leave it to this company to decide what projects they're going to work on and then we're just going to oversee it? Or is Disney going to play a more active role? And it, it, it really just depends because don't, we don't know how these IP are going to break down mm-hmm. or if they're just going to inherit these production companies and then uh, newer Disney production companies from the 20th Century Fox banner come in. Uh, as far as Predator... I remember hearing a rumor that they were going to bring Schwarzenegger back for a new Predator film. Yeah, I have also heard that. Um, before we get talking on Schwarzenegger, so there is a Predator movie right now being filmed, slated for release August third of two thousand eighteen. And I it, heard that was a direct sequel. Well, it's actually it's actually a remake. Mm. Of the first of the first it's movie a remake of the first. Okay, everything that I've read and all the little. Uh, kind of back screen information I have says that it's a remake. Um, but it is slated for release August 3rd of 2018. So I feel like that's going to be hard for I a lot of people. personally feel like, number one, a remake is okay for that film at this point because I'm I'm okay with remakes, especially when you have like a franchise that's kind of like disenfranchised itself a little bit. Mm-hmm. Uh, when you remake a great movie just for the sake of remaking it, I'm not always on board with that. But for this movie, it's got to have two things. It's got to have a really cool action star to take the lead role because it's Schwarzenegger. You got to fill his boots. And number two, you got to have John Cena saying, "I ain't got time to bleed." Yep. <laughs> okay. Yep. You need another pro wrestler to say that. I'm just saying. And then uh, modern day Carl Weathers. Is there one? Not really. All right. Uh, what, what's that? Gets the kid's name? Uh, Donald Glover. Donald I love Glover. Donald Glover. Don Glover. Don Glover. Come in. Your role is here is to sit there and hold the arm of the dude. Uh, that like. When when you know, when so when the main character comes in and goes Dylan, you, you son, son of a, a bitch, <laughs> bam, and they like have like massive freaking biceps. Like, I don't think Donald Glover can do that. weak in your own age, <laughs> huh? So you leave this into a meat grinder. So they're, from what I'm seeing of their cast, Olivia Munn, Ooh. Uh, Boyd Holbrook, uh, Lachlan Monroe, Thomas Jane. Ooh. Oh, Tom oh, Jane. Oh, boy. Jake Busey. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, Keegan-Michael oh. Key. 
Oh, cool. Okay. Uh, Edward James. Almost. Yes. Um. Alfie Allen. Really. Huh. And then there's a couple small people that are normally thugs or henchmen in action movies, but <laughs> I'll, I'll pass this around. There are there are set pictures. Um, these released last year. Wait, 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 go back one. These released earlier this year. That almost looks like uh, Kit Harrington. That's a dude. I mean, yeah, Kit Harrington is a dude. Right, I know. I'm just saying. <laughs> so he's I, a dude. That's a that's like, a dude a that I don't know what his name. I he's assume a it's You're Augusto a Aguilera. We're all dudes. Yeah. yeah. But um, so that's not it. But there are set pictures that they released earlier this year. I think early fall. So there's a little kid in it. There is a little kid. Um, I can say his name here in a moment. But uh, there's a shot of one of the predators. So nice. from what I from I'll pass it around. So from what I've heard or and read is that the predators aren't just killing and maiming everybody. There's going to be some uh, human predator team ups, kind of like there was in Predator uh, AVP, a little bit in Predator Two at the end when mm-hmm. you know they say, "Well, you were a badass, Mister Clover, so you Here's get to leave." Revolutionary war pistol, right? Predators. Yeah, same thing, yeah. There's, a, there's so, two different tribes, basically. I'll be number four. So I'll Mike. let you <laughs> swipe through those and then hand it over to two. Nate. So with with this pretty much being done, I mean, it, it's slated for release in yeah. August. Um, oh, yeah, it's all in post-production now, for right. sure. The, yeah, they see this whole Disney Fox deal probably won't even get done until next year. Uh, like, and probably late, like, probably a whole other Is year. that Donald Glover? No. Oh man, he's gonna say he looks fucking huge. <laughs> no, that's not. He's built, but bro. Um, if something uh, kind of along the same lines of a- as Alien, you know, since Disney hasn't fully acquired 20th Century Fox yet, if this releases in August and flops, do, are we? I mean, are we gonna see not get you know go without Predator for another decade? You know, like good Predator. That is Augusto Aguilera. Because obviously, uh, AVP one and two were both garbage. Absolutely. Yeah, I mean, it all depends on how keen they are to get the. Because obviously, the whole point of them acquiring and spending so much for this uh, for 20th Century Fox is to acquire the IP. Oh, I know what you this know. movie is different about. It's just the Predator. Mm-hmm. So the the. The reason I wanted to talk about Predator as well as Alien, there is so much, um, ex- I don't want to say expanded universe, because as far as Alien and Predator goes, they've kind of kept it all canon. So, bye Blaine. But bye, bye. Uh, they've kept it all canon, so everything that happens in the AVP books and the comics, and you know, there's merchandise, and there's money to be made here, I just don't know if Disney's going to be willing to do it. I guess it would just depend on how, like how much they're into these IP that they're getting. It's like what, like obviously you got to think about what their number one goals are to reacquire their Marvel characters, reacquire a new hope, probably acquire avatar. I mean, these are your big money making deal. Like you're, you're, you're spending 50 billion. You're looking at what's going to make us this money back. Right. And as far as like something like alien and predator, that's probably a much lesser IP to them, but their nostalgia and their legacy sales are going to be enough to, Putting out new collections, putting out new new Blu-ray, they're going to get the kickback from that 
on later releases because there's always going to be that generation or that dude's like, you know, I never actually bought any of the Alien movies. Let's go pick those up. So, question. If this is shot in the jungle, where does the kid come into play? I don't think I don't, I think I don't think it's entirely in the jungle. I think I think this maybe from, is it, maybe it stems from the jungle. Well, I think from what I've read, it. this takes place in multiple or this yeah, this takes place in multiple places. It's not just one static set location. Okay, so it's going to be like he kills a couple of them in the jungle. The lion lets them get away and he hunts them down and finishes. Well, I don't know if you were in the bathroom when I said it or not, but there is, from what I've read, there's going to be some alien human or predator human team up. Someone's got to call him an ugly motherfucker. Oh, absolutely. You know it's going to be one ugly motherfucker. But, and from everything that I've read, there's going to be multiple, multiple predators. Not just one, huh? So but the movie's called The Predator. What the, the Predator. Fuck? They I, typically come in three, uh, except for the first one. Except for the first one, you're right. But um, that that was his his blooding, <laughs> like, and they, I guess that's him basically predator, becoming a part of the Predator ranks, and then they run in groups of three. I guess in Predator Two, you didn't see the other ones until the very end, yeah. right? But I still think the first one and two is they're they're <coughs> essentially their blooding is them. They have to go through and hunt and do a certain thing. Prove themselves. Prove themselves to be a part of their predator coven, I guess. Their, their clan. Their, their clan. tribe. And then they're set in groups of three that go out and hunt, which is in predators, right? Uh, Kind of. See, in, in predators, there was two different groups and... uh. One of them was like, I guess, slightly less honorable or something. I don't know. Well, they were they were it's kind weird. of like super predators. Yeah, they that's were, what they were referred they to were, as the super predators. They were a, <laughs> they were a larger, more strong, more powerful subspecies of the Yautja race. Yautja. Yautja. Y a u t j a. I always called them Yautja. <laughs> yeah, we're fucking nerds, bro. You fucking <laughs> Don Phonics. Shit. Well, is that going to wrap it for the, uh, the I, this next topic? A I lot, mean, well, aliens and Predator are a lot lackluster of a topic I, than Star Wars, uh, but I'm a huge Alien fan. So same. Uh, that I being said, special editions downstairs. Oh hell yeah. hell yeah! That being said, like I, I find it weird where Ridley Scott took the Alien Covenant. But I'm curious to see where he goes with it's it. It's very Ridley Scott, which he, is why I liked it. He yeah, said he wants more yet. focus. He wants more focus on the AI, less on the alien in the new yeah. one. Yeah, which he is said, cool. Well, because I really like what he's done with the David character. Well, and yeah. it's been a theme since the beginning. It's not something new. Right. I agree. So, so I'm, I'm you've very. Seen, you've seen Prometheus, right? Oh yeah. Okay. Yeah, so you need to see awesome. Covenant. I, I wish. I, Covenant. I wish they would have just called it Covenant, and not Alien Covenant. The only thing I didn't, I disliked about Prometheus is the fact that the end is like, here's your aliens. <laughs> that, that, that's literally, <laughs> kind of, yeah. The story is really good. It goes in, and you're thinking, all right, somehow this is going to tie in, and then it's just like, boom, there they are. Have a nice day. All it's right. Like, Wait, what? Kinda, yeah. What? What? To explain more. Like, I get the black goose to just annihilate all the human race because we were all just like a. A test, but just to be like, oh, here you go. I lo- I loved how the like, proto alien. I yeah. loved how Covenant starts off as like its own thing, and all of a sudden it's like, okay, now it's a sequel to Prometheus. Yeah, because it just kind of like it goes over here, and it's like, oh, the creature at the end of Prometheus acts actually. Uh, the creature at the end of Prometheus is actually called the Deacon. Yes, the Deacon. A lot of people are calling it the proto alien. Protomorphs are in proto- Covenant. Yeah. Right on. Well, Mike, uh, I think we're going to... I'm going to bring up one of our classic topics here. Sure. 
Oh. But oh? it's been on Journey into Comics multiple times. Do we think that we are getting oversaturated with superhero movies? No. Oh, I man. think that we are. No way. I think we're... Because I, I think that the idea of a superhero movie now is so far removed from what it is. Yes, the characters wear superhero suits. But a lot of these movies, like Ant-Man and the Wasp, is going to be a rom-com. A romantic comedy that happens to have superheroes. And you've got like... The Winter Soldier, industrial espionage. It also happens to have superheroes. And you've got like Guardians of the Galaxy, which is like the space opera type movie, but it also happens to be superheroes. Like it's almost like the I keep saying this, the western of the modern era is the superhero. This, it's just a subgenre yeah. to bigger genres. So are we being oversaturated? No, and I think Marvel now having control of almost everything as yes. far as that's concerned on their side and Disney having control of that allows that oversaturation to decrease substantially. Next year, there's like seven or eight superhero movies in total coming out, uh, and like only three of them are Marvel officially, but the rest are Marvel subsidiaries. Next year as 2019 or 2018? 18, this year. Okay. It's this year. That's why, that's now. why I asked. It's now. It's, see, you're still getting... I'm still the getting future is now. <laughs> Thanks, John Cena. So, so what does... So with this... Uh, Disney's acquisition of everything, what are they still missing? Well, technically, they still don't have the rights to Namor, which is confusing and within Universal. Uh, Universal. Has, Universal still has Namor and the Hulk, even though they have an agreement to use the Hulk. Okay. But they only technically have She-Hulk. She's the only one that's held back from the rights. Okay. And then they have the agreement to use Spider-Man. You know, certain characters, but a lot, some of the Spider-Verse, it's like... Like the Venom character stuff like that, Sony's like, no, 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 you don't get that. We we're we're, we're going to do our thing with this. So it's like they own the Spider Verse to do that, the rights to that in film, but they're like the partnership with Marvel only goes so far. Okay. So to elaborate more on my question, sure, bring thing, it up. Is that I think that it is because you're seeing. Uh, granted, I can't say much. I love Guardians of the Galaxy. I love Guardians of the Galaxy two, especially the opening. Oh yeah. Uh, one of the this to go off on a tangent here. I was disappointed with the rest of the movie because the opening was so awesome. <laughs> wow. <laughs> so I was like, I liked the movie, but I, I felt like it could have been a little bit more. But the opening was just fantastic. Mm. Anyways, I feel like it's, it is becoming oversaturated because in theaters almost all the time is a superhero movie. Whether it is a, like you said, it's a it, superheroes happen to be in it and it's you know it's going off of a, a romantic comedy or like The Wasp and it. But they're everywhere. Like it's 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 almost being force fed to us. I love superheroes. I'm not gonna ever argue about it. But I feel like they're going. There's too much out there, in, in my opinion. Like, yeah, I, I really like after Infinity Wars. I feel like Marvel should slow down. Like they they shouldn't be pushing anymore. I think everything's leading up to Infinity Wars. <laughs> Everybody's got their hands up here. <laughs> me me me. But um. I feel like it's good, but once Infinity Wars work, they have to step it back a little bit because it's every was every three four months there's a new superhero movie coming out from Marvel or somebody. Okay, so I agree with you because at least to an extent, because I feel oversaturated with these movies. My uh, I can't go to the theater all the time. I can't. Yeah, that's my. Thing. We li- we're, we're living. It, we are can't. living right now in a renaissance of these things, whereas yeah. like. They uh, they are the only things right now 
in the box office that are really dry, like other than Star Wars, other than these right. really big implanted IP or franchises that are driving people to the theater. And that is good and bad. Because since it's doing so and it's doing so well, everyone, now Warner Brothers are like, push them out. So now we're getting yeah. a varying degree of quality. It's the same thing that happened in the video game industry. Video games are great. Push them out. Who cares if they're good? Oh, yeah. Here's Black Ops 18. Well, let's just look at the gaming crash of the 80s. Yes. Look at the, like, Atari had no control over the quality. So you got really shitty games. People, it got to the point where people were like, man, I'm buying these games and they're not any good. So people stopped buying games. It wasn't until the NES came in and they said, all right, for example, let's just put this out. Warner Brothers, you can put out two movies this year. That's it. So, and then Nintendo <laughs> would tell their publishers, you can put out four games this year. And that led to Konami creating Ultra, which is just a subsidiary, so they can now make eight. But the but you would split your team up then. Um, it is oversaturated because we're getting a varying degree of quality. Thankfully, you know, here lately, Marvel hasn't had an issue with quality. Right. Not for a good while. And their last clunker was the Dark World. Uh, really? I mean, really? Yeah. Yeah. But when you think about it, and then you get... Like, everyone's trying to put all their eggs in this basket because it's like, well, we have superhero characters that we own. Let's put them out. And then it just it, it, it ends up either not living up to the hype or being too rushed. And sometimes you still get a good movie out of it. But just imagine how much better the Justice League would have been if it were to have taken its time and yeah. slowly built up. and yes. right. But they didn't want to do that. Because why? Because the money's now. Because why? I feel like they think, and they have the mindset of, well, if we wait 10 years by that point, no one's going to care. And yeah. we're, we're going to move on. Um, do I think we're ever going to be without? No. But I do feel like we are eventually going to hit the burst of the bubble. And I feel like Infinity War is going to be the, the apex. And it's going to be it's going to look at what they do after that. Whether or not they do slow it yes. down. Which might be a good thing because slow it down until your story's slow again. Yes. You know? And then you have all these rights. And you can have the Fantastic Four. You can have your X-Men slide in. You have all these established characters who have been around for 10 years are suddenly going to be like, well, I'm tired of playing Captain America. Just to interject there, and this is one of your favorite movies, Guardians of the Galaxy, number one. That was not really <clears throat> forced. It was over time. They're like, well, let's let's see where we can go with this. And as you stated in one of the earlier podcasts, this conglomerate here, is that it is one of the best movies. And who are they? They're C-ranked, D-ranked heroes. They're D-list heroes. They're they D-list really heroes. And they did it right because they took their time and they built up a really good yes. story. I feel like with this, and now we're going to get like a Black Panther movie, and then you're getting Infinity Wars, and then you've got four or five other movies coming out. Like all these movies are being pushed out. See, I think next year. I'm not saying that Marvel will ever do anything bad, but I'm just saying that it's a lot to digest. It's too much. Well, Marvel's on a three a year schedule. So, Currently. So, and, and I think that's going to stay. You got to think next year, though, there are. Three or four Marvel IPs that aren't Marvel Studios based movies that New are coming Mutants. out. New Mutants. You've got the Venom movie. Is I that Dark, out next year? Yes, Dark Phoenix comes out next year. That's early. Yeah, mm-hmm. so that's what makes it six, which does give you the feel of oversaturation. You feel and then like you have your WBDC run, which gives you even more. Right. And then are we going to ever see any uh, resurgence of this, like the Spawn? Because character. Aquaman's next year. Mm. Yeah. Forgot about that. You know, and then your image. So uh, I, I don't know who is next. We, we, um, I, I would say, like, yeah, I agree. It is it is oversaturated. And as much as I love it, I would like to be able to get excited about a regular movie. 
<laughs> a non-superhero movie. A non-superhero yeah. movie. There's, there's it's been a while. Right you know it's what's been crazy? A long time. Let me tell you something. As a fan of movies, I can say this. There are great movies happening. You just have to find them. There are things that are being, you they know, released. They get overshadowed. They, well, they, they, it's not even that they get overshadowed. It's just that they are marketed differently. The movies that are going to get nominated for Oscars aren't nominated, aren't, you know, marketed to be these massive multi-million dollar making movies. They're literally marketed to win the fucking award and say fuck you to everybody else. Darkest Hour. Yeah, darkest Hour. I mean, there's like uh, Trumbo is this amazing movie or like um, – Try to think of if you ever saw Kubo and the Two Strings. Like that yep. was an amazing Oscar nominated. I actually movie really no one... enjoyed that. It's amazing. It. It's phenomenal. It's on Netflix, I think. Okay. Mm-hmm. One of the biggest box office flops this year was the new Blade Runner. Yeah, and it was amazingly reviewed. Yeah, absolutely amazingly reviewed. I was so upset when I couldn't go see that movie because I can't wait to see it when it finally gets released. I think it's out now. Is it out? Now? I think it's out now. It's I... definitely on Apple TV. Okay, because I really want to see. I want to see it. I, I want to see it really bad because I really enjoy the original Blade Runner. I don't think it's like uh, the best movie ever made, but I enjoy it. Oh, absolutely. And, and uh, everything I saw about that was like they were marketing it as if it were a big blockbuster thing. And I just don't think people really see it as that. Well, it's been so long. I mean, while we're still just talking about Blade Runner, look at when the original Blade Runner was released. That generation, you know, they mm-hmm. might go see it now. They're not They're not us. We are not that generation. Right. You know, we I saw Blade Runner because my dad was watching it on TV. Hey, this looks cool. I'll sit down and watch it. It's got Harrison Ford. Right. And then I fell in love with it, you know, and then, like everything, you dig into lore and backstory and fan theories and all kinds of stuff. So, I personally do not think that we're being oversaturated for a couple reasons. <coughs> Excuse me. Number one, when I go to the movies, which I love to do, my number one goal and my number one deciding factor on whether I enjoy the movie or not is I if I'm entertained. And that doesn't mean if I enjoy it from start to finish. That means if this movie opens up, I might enjoy five or ten minutes of it. I might not like the next half hour. But if I'm consistently entertained throughout the movie, that's a thumbs up for me. A lot of people don't rate movies that way. Blaine, you've told me before that you used to like every movie. Basically. So, you know, everybody's got their own way of looking at stuff, but as long as I'm going to the to the theater or I'm sitting on my couch in my living room with my family, as long as I'm entertained, I'm going to want more. I don't care what it is. It could be a Teletubbies movie. I'm going to call it Teletubbies from now on. <laughs> I, forgot, I forgot a syllable there. But uh, as long as I'm entertained, that's all I care about because that's the justification that I make for spending the money. You know, and that's the thing, you know, going back to Disney, especially with the Marvel stuff, they are marketing family entertainment so hard. Yes. It's something that I can go see with the five of us or I can take my wife tomorrow and see and have just as good a time. The movie could suck. I'm going to have a good time. And that's why I don't think it's oversaturated. Score. I love that. That's Uh, a good way to look at it, really. Because Brandon, Brandon put it perfect. We're in a renaissance. Yeah. Would you rather would you rather not have superhero films that are entertaining and that they're putting the time in and that you can go with your wife and all of us and go see and have a good time and say, "Man, I'm glad I spent 10 bucks on that." Or would you rather have I don't know, a movie about bugs that sucks 
<laughs> I don't. I mean, I, I I don't really know how to say it in a good way, but we're just we're we're being we're very privileged for what we have right now. Where where else in in history right now would you would you ever imagine they would have made a Doctor Strange film, oh, an Ant Man film, a Guardians of the Galaxy? Absolutely film? right. And, and like I said, I, I don't mean to knock on the oversaturation of it. I'm just feeling like for me, I did not enjoy the Justice League. Now that might be because that's not the Barry Allen I want. Fair enough. Watch um, the Flash on yeah, CW. Yes, he is. It's hard to compare any anyone else to him. And I'm not a Flash fan. I've said it on here. I really don't like the Flash, but him playing that character, unbelievable. But I feel like some of it's rushed, like Bat, uh, Batman versus Superman. That one could have been so much better if they would have let him do what he wanted to do. But they wanted to put it out because the money is now, as you stated. You getting the extended version of that, it is a better movie because a lot of the stuff is more explained and developed. Like the Lex Luthor character is more developed of why... why um, uh, it, it still uh, doesn't solve the the main problem of the film of trying to be two films in one right same it's the same problem man it still had so it's like that's the whole idea of like well let's let's make this movie and rush it out it's the problem of making a a superhero movie that feels different from the one that you've seen yesterday but does it have to sometimes it does because when you're looking at marketability when you when you're looking at being different you know it's the same thing that uh, i mentioned off here earlier uh the new or the the marvel hulk movie that they did with edward norton tells the entire intro, the background story, in the first minute with the credits. It tells you everything you need to know. Him doing the test, him getting mall hulky, him beating up Liv Tyler and the and, and William Hurt, and then him running away, and him going off the, and the hiding, and then the next part of the story is them going to find him. So they had to find, they, wa- they wanted to find a creative way to tell this story without just retelling and rehashing in a, uh, an origin story. Because that's difficult to do, because not everybody knows the origins or Most, wants to see them or, or, or wants to see them like me a i hate origin people, stories almost everybody understands <laughs> that batman's parents were killed right but you still have to either reference it or show it because you're always going to get this person over here never heard of batman never cared never gave a shit about batman and it's seeing this shame char- on them shame and seeing this shame. character for the same for the, for the first time <laughs> and they've got to be told why is he batman and so in BVS, they, they found a way to do it. They did the whole kind of beginning scene of they kind of retread his parents getting killed in a funeral and understanding that his character comes from a dark place. But they kind of had to do that. Right. When you're framing together a movie, it's like, all right, where do we need to hit? Because could you make a movie where Batman is just there? Sure. But is it going to hit all the notches that you need to hit for making these characters understand who they are? No, I, I agree with you there. Like when you go to Iron Man, he's and now he's just Iron Man. We understand it. But we also had 10 years of films of either starring him or him coming in and being this character in other movies that we don't need that anymore. Right. So I have a question for you. Go you, ahead. Don't, you don't like Batman Begins? Uh, I don't like... The Dark Knight. Or The Dark Knight. I don't like Ouch. either one of them. You wow. don't like Christian Bale as Batman. I do not. Well... I enjoy the third film. I don't like Christian Bale as Batman. It's the most ass backwards thing I ever heard. I, I thought the I worst say, th- was the third. Because Batman Begins is kind of like the origin story, but it's not like the base origin. It is okay. You know, we all know Batman's parents are killed. We all know that he's on a, a vengeance to to kill those that did it. But 
here's his training. Here's How did he get he the learns. skills? This is this is Batman's turning point of like he was with the League of Assassins and he decided to choose life over death over that person. Look at where and he that, was before the training. Yep, was that troubled youth where he was going to murder the person that murdered yep. his parents. Right. Um, I really love the fact that you don't see Batman until like an hour and a half in because I think it's really cool because it that movie is Bruce Wayne's movie. Yes. Yeah. You know it really is, and then uh, then for the other ones you. you he kind of has a resurgence in the third movie, but but for the second movie, that's that perfect middle chapter. We he's there, he's already established, but now you get to play with this character, this character, this story, this story, and you get to do uh, what so many several middle chapters do. Empire Strikes Back, Mass Effect Two come to mind immediately for me, where you can take a break. You don't have to start it, you don't have to end it. Let's tell this awesome middle story that that does so much with these great characters, right. and. Uh, I don't know where we're going. I will say Mike (laughs) did a great job you asking the question of oversaturation because we are about to oversaturate the world with podcasts. I think it's time we make the announcement. You think so? Uh, Oh, yeah. You know what? That's actually a perfect leading point. We're about halfway around the table at this point. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. So I got this crazy, stupid idea in my head. Uh, I had seen a meme floating around that was like, if you start in the first week of January and watch every movie in the MCU one a week leading up, that you will see Black Panther like the week that Infinity War drops and you'll have seen all of them, you know, and be refreshed. So I was like, well, how can we take that concept and utilize it for the network so we can do something really fun? And I thought about it and I said, what would you guys think about doing this? And we'll all review like two movies per whatever. Uh, Dick is apparently very excited to talk about this in some form or fashion. Remember, I raised my hand. But, uh, oh, true. (laughs) So uh, what we're going to do is starting Wednesday, so in two days' time, and that's time travel for you folks that aren't quite time travelers with me. In two days' time on the Journey into Comics Network Patreon, that's patreon.com backslash Journey into Comics, Brando and I did an exclusive episode where we reviewed Iron Man next week. It will be literature reviewing the Hulk and so on. Every week, a different show from the network will be reviewing one of the movies in the MCU in order until we get to Infinity Wars. This is going to be the Journey into Comics Network Road to Infinity Wars. And uh, I can't wait for you guys to listen to all the reviews. We're going to do a couple things. Brando, you know, you wanted to set a precedent here. I feel it's important we say that for our listeners now. Every single episode will be a review of the movie with an out of 10 stars. I'm looking at you, not out of 7, out of 10, okay? Just hang, <laughs> hang your head in shame. You have to, shame. You have to do it in 10. How? Because that's law, okay? I have to okay. keep it fair. Next up, we're going to do Where's Stan. It's like Where's Waldo, but in the journey into comics, looking at these different MCU movies. So you'll talk about what cameo Stanley made. What was his character? What was he doing? And then what was the last one, Brandon? I feel like I forgot it. It was the after credits. Oh, like, yes. Make sure you. that you know, make sure to stick around or fast forward, and just see where it's taking you. It's whether like, it's one or two, mm-hmm. right? Whether it's a mid or two or whatever. But like, because some movies have more than one, but. Like, for example, uh, like with the first Iron Man, just spoiler alert, well, a certain uh, uh, director, of, director of, of sorts kind of shows up and has a little bit of little bit of a scene just to dip your toe in the water of we may be dealing with something a little bit bigger here than what just might be a regular movie or franchise just for one character. So then what, what, what's in the next one? What's in the next one? Oh, well, we might have a little crossover with the movie that just kind of came out a few months ago. 
maybe a little bit more step forward. Or teasing for the next movie. Oh, oh, what's in this one? Oh, it happens to be a, a, like a hammer of some sorts was found. Oh, well, okay. And it, uh, just, you know, just try to keep that in mind of those are kind of like the three main things is like give it a score, you know, where's Stan? Because he has so many cameos. It's always yeah. funny to see what he's doing and where, he, where he's at in these movies. And then like the after credit, like that's what we kind of did at the end. It's like, okay, so where are we going? Like what's leading us you know, out of this? What will happen from this though? What we will end up getting by the time the 18 weeks is done is actually, according to the network, a very accurate look at what we believe the MCU is ranked as. What is the best movie in the MCU? What is the worst movie in the MCU? Because it's not everybody's going to be in the same room at the same time. But, you know, you have to think. Brandon and I set a pretty decent precedent for the first review, I think. So I think it's going it's very interesting just to what is coming out of this. You've got some interesting movies you guys are going to be doing on Podcastrophy and Game Addicts. Foodies has also got a couple. Voice of Survival has some. So uh, I'm really looking forward to doing this. It's going to be a really fun, long road to Infinity War. Yeah, uh, this whole thing about got completely spoiled today uh, while recording Brews with Dudes, which is hilarious because this will uh, premiere. This episode will premiere before that episode, so Correct. it wouldn't have been spoiled at all. Not at all. Uh, but yeah, he he was, he started. He's like, we're about to do something super awesome on Patreon, and it involves the whole network. And I'm like, hey, 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 hey. Spoilers. No. <laughs> <laughs> Which uh, he actually just called me a minute ago. I don't know what he wants, but uh oh. <laughs> well, you need to take another pee break to call no, him. No, I'm not gonna well, do that. Well, considering it's your topic. Yeah, you're it's up next. Topic. Oh boy. Again, um, patreoncom journey into comics yep. starting January 3rd, working $3 our way to yeah, three dollars a month. Uh, one dollar for early access. You get every single show up to a week early access. But for three dollars, you'll get access to. Every single week, you'll get access to our, to an exclusive review from one of the shows here on the network. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Blaine, take it away. What's your topic, bud? My topic, and we are steering away from movies. Yeah, thank you. We're venturing into Game Addict's realm. Oh. Uh-oh. <laughs> so, what is, everybody, what is uh, your... You you had high anticipation for a video game, and what is what are your biggest video game letdowns? Oh, I love this question. Uh, Start us off, I Nate. I Man, there's a couple that come to mind. I want to say that when I was working at GameStop, a lot of times we would get hyped on games that were coming out, and of course, the hype on the game is my way to sell other people the game, right? And that's just how marketing works. And I will never forget, and I think I talked about this on the uh, 64, or the uh, 360 retrospective, not the N64 retrospective, on the 360 retrospective, uh, it was Vampire Reign. That game was supposed to be awesome, hunting vampires, shooting them, these crazy epic battles, and then like, it's impossibly hard, they don't explain shit to you, you can't even get off the roof of the first level, because you just immediately get attacked and killed by (laughs) these vampires, like, it's horrible, Uh, but that's definitely one that comes to mind. I think Bioshock 2 would be the second, though, for sure, because Bioshock 1 was such a great game and then there's this anticipation for the sequel and i think that sequel was a letdown of course bioshock infinite is a phenomenal phenomenal game um but that that would be my answer on that okay two is actually my favorite one in the franchise <laughs> fucking course god it damn it i am the king <laughs> of popular, popular opinions, opinions and it continues i loved playing as the 
prototype Big Daddy. I thought that was so cool. But that's like the one thing in that entire game that makes it cool. The story as a whole is very lame and wonky. Absolutely, it is. I don't disagree, but I was so enthralled with he playing. He was entertained. Uh, yeah, I was entertained. <laughs> I was so enthralled with playing as a prototype Big Daddy that I loved it. You know, it was, yeah, I don't know. It felt different enough to me than the first one. Sorry, I had to interject. That's all right. That's all right. Brando, what about you? Medicare Salt 5, The Phantom Pain. Ooh. Really? Yes. Okay, the ending, yeah. Well, just uh, like the last half of the game. Yeah, yeah. Uh, essentially. It, the game, it's unfinished. It, it is. It, it, it got released unfinished completely. And, we, and we've talked about this on the Game Addict <laughs> show where um, – Games are just getting released unfinished. Gran Turismo Sport came out without a single player, and it's getting one added to it with DLC. That's kind of shit. How how do you release a game without single player? Like initially, welcome to, well, well, welcome to uh, you Fuck. know, I, I next year's game of the year is going to be the one with the least, most expensive like loot, like loot boxes. Warhawk, so, right? That was a game on PS3, PS3. that kind of started the precedent of multiplayer only. Mag, yeah. Mag was yeah. Mag. Uh, yes. Yeah. One of the things that I dislike about Gran Turismo is the fact that you cannot upgrade your car. You buy the car, and that's what you have. In mm. Period. You cannot, because we talked about this mm-hmm. on Game Addicts, where I pulled up an article, and it was fake, and then I really started reading. People are like, yeah, you buy the car. That's what you, that's what you race with. You, don't, you can tweak the shocks and all that stuff, but you can't you, add components. You can't customize it. You wow. cannot customize it. With Phantom Pain. Okay, so this was you know, Hideo Kojima's swan song essentially yeah and the the overall arcing story where he was taking it was pretty cool because he was completing a circle it really was it was awesome he he, he was bringing it all the way around to the original metal gear and uh i enjoyed most of it but when it like narratively the game i feel in some terms he was trying to do some cool things and got kind of lazy in some other things like some of the more intriguing conversation like for the for classic metal gear there there's a lot of intriguing characters a lot of in- intriguing dialogue gosh there is some of those games are mountains of dialogue absolutely and it's relegated to audio tapes that you listen to um the, you, the character you play as talks more in those tapes than he does in any of the regular scenes of the game yeah uh there are audio tapes you get after beating the game that are awesome but they don't take place in the game. So unless you ever go back, you never hear them. Um, you get to mission 30 and there's a big pivotal moment in there where the story kind of like just takes a halt. And then uh, you, there are 40 missions, I think. And then there are like, I don't know if it's half of them or four of them or just rehashes of missions you've already done yeah. harder. You, you, yeah. You have to do the same exact thing harder. And then, but then you, but then you'll get a brand new story thing here. And then you'll get like it. It doesn't tie anything up. They just released it, and uh, you know, Kojima was booted out of the, out of the, out of Konami, and he was like, "Yep, yeah, this guy is my last game, guys. Uh, I hope you guys like it because it's, it's as good as I'm going to be able to get it at this point." Well, he yeah. didn't get to do hardly anything that he wanted to do. He got kind of the story. Well, he he got so far in it, but he never got it. He had to finish what he had, right? Essentially, because mm-hmm. I got the collector's edition, which comes with a disc. With the missing mission, yeah, and that's when you go and you take on uh, little boy Liquid, little boy Psychomanus with with Cephalanthropus, what they stole, and you go and you basically destroy it or whatever, and you get to see, some of it's already done in, in cutscene, and the other stuff you just see storyboard stuff, yeah, 
And it's just like that was probably the I'm such a big Metal Gear fan. And in my head I was like thinking, I'm like, well, what's the biggest letdown? Because some of the other letdowns I've had, I sort of like I can sort of like vouch for them a little bit. Like Mass Effect Andromeda is a letdown. But I don't think it's as bad as people say it is. Yeah. You know, it's got some downfalls to it, but nowhere near as the downfalls of an unfinished game. Right. Andromeda is not unfinished. It needed tweaked. Oh, a little here, a little here. You know, people say, oh, the animations. Buddy, you have... <laughs> I didn't off. see clear animations till I was already a man, damn it. Fuck right. off. You know? Yeah. Right. You know, like, I can live with that as long as the story's all right and as long as the story's good. When the story's incomplete, that's bad. And the story of Metal Gear Solid Five: The Phantom Pain is just completely incomplete. It, it was very undeserving. The series yes. is very undeserving of that game. But however, the gameplay is like or... the best gameplay of the entire series. Oh yeah, which is by like, far. So like, I still enjoyed playing it, but it was so bittersweet. And I, I, I'll always remember like my son was so little, and he was he was sitting here in his like rock and play, looking up at me like with his eyes crossed, and I'm sitting there playing, and I'm just like looking down at him every once in a while, and I'm wearing a headset so I can hear the. You know, all these audio tapes you got to freaking listen to to get any story, you know. And it's like any and all potential that this game had to be the ultimate send-off was completely wasted. It was. Um, I guess it will be your turn. Uh, you just mentioned mine. It's Mass Effect Andromeda. Not because the game was bad. I loved the game. It's definitely not the best game in the franchise. Um, <coughs> the combat was fantastic. Mm-hmm. Best in the series. Um, the story was a little bit lackluster, but, you know, it was the start of a new chapter in the Mass Effect world. And uh, I got into it. I enjoyed it. I played the hell out of it. I 100%ed it. So, obviously, I enjoyed it. It's more than what I did. But uh, it's, it's, it, it's the biggest letdown <laughs> for me because it killed the franchise. You always see Casey Hudson saying, we're not done with it. But they, they also didn't feel the need... See, in my opinion, early access killed that game. Absolutely, it Them did. putting that game out so early and people just got turned off on it by piece like, this game's a piece of crap. There is a lot of repetitiveness to that game, which is like, which is one of its downfalls to me. But tell me tell me what major video game isn't slightly repetitive. Well, no. I totally get, I, and I, I totally get that statement. But the unfortunate thing is that the game didn't sell nearly enough for them to warrant to continue the story with DLC. And there's so many unanswered questions, and now we don't know if we're going to get a continuation of Andromeda and other than uh, novels that are coming out. Best thing about that was the multiplayer because it literally changed nothing. It, it was tweaked, but it was other... tweaked. But that's all I did. I got on there, played the multiplayer because that's what I always do. Is I got to play the multiplayer, and say, okay, what do I want to do in the main story? I got off the first planet, and I was like, yeah, I'm not feeling this at all. I, I just it didn't grasp me at all. But this you know, is coming from um, somebody that hasn't played one or two. Well, um, shame. By the way, yeah, shame. Mass Effect Two is like masterpiece. I, I know the so, greatest in the franchise. Um, I saw something today. It was or yesterday. It was shared by a mass or a his Mass Effect fan page called the Alliance, mm-hmm. and um, and it had a bunch of pictures with the little motions, the thumbs up, the heart, the the the, the wow face. It's like who is wow? You're getting blown the f up. Yeah. Um, and it was like who's your favorite Turian besides Garrus? And it gave you like a list of six. You know, is it Nihilus? Is it this one? Is it that one? A Vetra Nirene? or Vetra. a Nirene? So it was like, to me, it's Vetra. I, I fell in love with the with like with the Vetra character. I thought she was awesome. For me, it's Nihilus because they're 
there's so much they could do with Nihilus that we never got to see. Well, and there's and that. I, I, yeah. That's something that I really wanted. I really wanted Dive to see. The, yeah. Like, pre. Jesus. God, it's gonna break the table. Hot <laughs> damn. Dive into the uh, background of Nihilus and get his earlier, uh, you know, like earlier Spectre days mm-hmm. before his untimely end. Uh, but I guess we'll go with Mike. Final Fantasy 15. 15. Mm. It just the gameplay was. I love the gameplay. It was phenomenal. Watch the movie first. Watch the movie first. <laughs> Story is horrible. There is no. There's no path. It's just like fragments thrown at you in an obscure order, and you're trying to figure out what's really going on. Like you don't even know what's going on. Your your car breaks down. You go do this, and then about what what do you say? About six hours into the game, you find out that you're you're land your country has fallen mm-hmm. and nothing's ever really explained about the empire Ex- i know it because i i played, because you watched the movie watch the movie and i know <laughs> i mean but all right so uh a, a lot of the characterization i guess is coming into play with these um single player dlc that is like focusing on the side characters like that are with your that are with noctis right ignis prompto and all these guys now, uh, the last one, Ignis, just came out. And, I, and I, from my understanding, it's pretty good. Guess what they just announced? A second season pass. Because they got to add more story. Oh. So the first season pass is going to get you. What a fucking joke. Yeah. <laughs> I, made, I think I made 25 hours into it just because I enjoyed the combat. Like, I did Combat's every fun. mission yeah, before sure. I'd move on. Like, if you went to a rest stop, I never left that rest stop until I was completely done with everything I could physically do. There are some missions that are... Too like, high. Too yeah. high, like you kill the, the tortoise. I don't know his name, but the, the super... Adamantoise? <laughs> yes. You can't do that, obviously, until later on. But the summons, that was terrible. You had to be dying to use the summons. Why Desperation should, move. Yeah, like it's, it, a, it's a desperation move that wipes everything out. Why can't it be like... You can use it once a day, or you know, like uh, like other stuff. Other ha- stuff. Let it have its own recharge type yeah. thing. Yeah. Where you can only use and them in, so in a OP. certain area. Like you know, you can only use, um, let's say, Le- uh, levy if you were in the water area. Like whatever. I can't. That makes sense. Name. Like you can't summon him because there's not a large body of water, so he, he's not just going to pop out of the ground and water's not going to sprout from everywhere. What was that? I'm not really sure what that was. That was a bizarre noise. That yeah. was the cat talking. Oh, oh the no. cat was talking. <laughs> Thanks, for just, Thanks for your input, Kitty. We're talking about a game. How many years? 12? <laughs> Got announced in 20, uh, 2006. Because they announced, like, here's 13. And here's versus 13. So it's 10. Both terrible games. But this is the thing. It's like That's 12. Because 2018. That yeah. came out in 2016. Well, the game came out in 2016. Oh. Wait, so. was it 16 or 15? I don't remember. 16. 16. Yeah. So, 10 years. I understand that it was started, scrapped, started, scrapped multiple times. Yeah. But at this point, it literally looked like it was a fragmented story mashed together and said, here you go. Which, as we said, watch the movie first because then you actually know what the fuck's going on. Right. Cool. It's very disappointing because outside of 10, there has been no good Final Fantasy I like twelve. I thought twelve was good. I I didn't like it. I, I did not. Did you play all the way through it? I got God how many hours I get. I can't remember. You enjoyed far. twelve, right, Brandon? 
Enjoy as a relative term. Okay. <laughs> Did you enjoy 12 more than 13 in versus 13? Okay, here's the thing. Yeah, I need to go back and I need to play 12. Oh, you haven't played it? No, I um, boycotted it. Okay. Because I played the demo and I flipped my table. Because there was no turn-based? Yes. Because I said, this is, a, like, this is Knights of the Old Final Fantasy. <laughs> That's what it was to me. And I was okay with there being Knights of the Republic, but this is my Final Fantasy. You don't mess with my Final Fantasy. I think I'm over that now, and I think I could probably play it. And I do want to get it, the remaster on the PS4. So oh, it, looks, it looks great. So I could sit down with a clear mode of view. Because I remember my, you know, our, our, our pal Silent Rob. Think, hey, hey, Rob, how you doing? Um, you know, <laughs> he played it, or most of it, and he he liked it. And uh, he was like, you need to play this. And I'm like, they, they, they ruined it. Ruined. And that's, and that's the thing is that, like, I have the 13 trilogy. And I kind of want to give it a more of a fair shot now. But it's just... Oh, yeah. Anyway, uh, Blaine. I have uh, three games. Oh, God. Oh, Bringing three. Oh, oh, uh, I'll, just, I'll just start with the one that, like, least bothers me the most, but it was a huge letdown. <laughs> uh, the Turok remake. Oh, God. Okay. Uh, it, it was pretty bad. It was really bad. <laughs> I was very excited for it because as a child that was one of the first games on the n64 i played was you're talking about the turok that came out on p on xbox 360 yeah. and ps3 no no, no no turok evolution was ps2 and that was awesome what was, what's it was it was awesomely shit it, it, it was just turok it was just turok yeah just turok and it was a complete reboot it has nothing to do with anything in the actual series uh it was it was just a modernization of the game honestly it was yeah that's, and it sucked yeah uh on I enjoyed the fact that like I could like one hit kill everything with my knife on the context kill. Uh, that was cool. The bow was cool. I always I always enjoy a game where I have a bow. I don't know why because bows are bows are just cool. Uh, so moving forward, my my next biggest letdown was Star Wars: The Force Unleashed Two. Really? Okay. Uh, I was gonna say like I was like I was waiting for like is he gonna say two? Oh yeah, one two. Was pretty cool. One was pretty good. Yeah. It, I you, mean, it, it you, had its parallels to Empire. You like, yanked a fucking Star Destroyer out of the sky. Yeah. Force How is that one, not bad? Awesome. You know? As, aside from like its combat bugs and whatnot, right. it, was, it, it wasn't a perfect game, but it was still fun, and I enjoyed the story. Two, the story was very condensed, very short. Yes. You end up revisiting the same things way too soon. Right. And it just, eh, it, it was just a letdown. It was just a money grab. It was. All it was. And it would have it probably would have been okay if they would have gone forward and done a Force Unleashed 3 because that's where that movie was leading. Mm-hmm. Game. Game. That that game was leading. Because um, <laughs> <laughs> at the end, at the, spoiler alert, at the end of Force Unleashed 2, you see Boba Fett's ship, the Slave 1, following uh, everybody. I can't mm-hmm. remember who. <laughs> what I like about the first one is, is that when the uh, TIE Fighters are coming out and you can just literally just you can rip it. them you, out of the air. You can rip them. it out of the sky yes. and throw it into another that was one. sweet. Yeah. You know, Force Unleashed was, but it was such so a sweet. fun game because I remember watching like the making of that game and they're like, what do we do? What if we took somebody who is sensitive with the Force and just like turned that, cranked it up to a fucking 11, you know? Yeah. And, and, Beautiful and sound that's effect, exactly what yes. it is. Yeah. There's uh, so much that they could have done with that oh, series. Yeah. Yes. And Starkiller, Galen, Galen Merrick. Yes. Uh, Galen Merrick, Galen Merrick. He, awesome character. Well, they they took a real-life actor 
did yeah did really good mocap for the cutscenes uh, and the it's gameplay. It's not called mocap anymore. It's called motion performance. All right. Well, I'm saying Mo-po? mocap, and you're a douchebag. <laughs> <laughs> and you're a douchebag. But uh, I'm just kidding. That's you what Andy Serkis will partners. say. He's really not kidding. That's what Andy Serkis will say. It's, it's not mocap anymore. It's mopo. Mopo. <laughs> <laughs> but it, I I feel you there. That that's why it's a letdown yeah. for me because there was so much potential. And, and then we and ended up end, with the second one. At the end of uh, Force Unleashed Two, you don't, you don't really realize, you don't know if uh, Star Killer is a clone of Star Killer or if he is the real Star Killer, right? Because uh, right. that the whole point of the game of the game or the story was was okay. So Star Killer was badass, and we have these cloning vats. Let's see if we can try to make a more obedient Star Killer. Mm-hmm. And you were. <laughs> I thought you were about to say a more obese star. <laughs> Fat star. That killer. would have been an awesome skin mod. Need two number nine. <laughs> some DLC. And then, so at the end of the game, you have two choices, uh, which I really enjoyed the the dark side ending of the first game, where you basically uh, you get everybody killed, you get yourself basically completely killed. And uh, Vader dies. Dude, that's not the end of the game. You just sucked and died really early. No, <laughs> it's like Act Two. But you kill Vader. That the at the end of the first game, you have a choice: either save your friends or kill, take your vengeance on Vader. If you choose, you choose Vader. That's the dark side route. Basically, you fight Vader, and then you fight the Emperor. Oh yeah. In a lightsaber fight, which is absolutely awesome. But he at once you are about to defeat him. He just it initiates a cutscene and it's like, oh, well, fuck your friends, fuck you, you're dead. Oh, I'm gonna make you into my apprentice now, and that's that's when you get this badass armor thing and pseudo Vader. Pseudo Vader. I think I'm too altruistic to play as a a bad guy in Star Wars. I always play Jedi every time. I was the same way until I played Knights of the Old Republic. Oh yeah, and then I was dark side as fucking. I went Sith my first playthrough. Oh, same. I was like, yep. Fuck I'm you, Darth Carl. Revan. Fuck you, Carl. I am Darth Revan. <laughs> but uh, making Zalbar kill mission. <laughs> like, it's like, no, I can't. It's like, life debt, motherfucker. Do it. <laughs> and then love it. And then getting on like, like it's funny because then like you go up to like like to the, like, to the Star Forge, and Zalbar's like, what have I done? It's like, and it's like, all right, I got two droids. <laughs> and you, Candorous, uh, come on! I love Candorous. Oh yeah, he's so great, dude. Uh, John Sagan, he died just not too long ago. Oh really? Yeah, the voice actor for Candorous. Damn man. Thing. Yeah, R.I.P. But no, Kotar. Kotar was the beginning. It's like uh, as soon as I found out that you could be dark side, I'm like, ah, that's cool. And then in, in practice, I'm you're like, I'm just ending conversations with no, you're dead. <laughs> Meet. <laughs> it's easy mode. Oh yeah, dude! It is easy. It's mode. it's it's difficulty select without actually selecting a difficulty. It's just like well, and then those stupid Jedi's are like, yeah, let's teach him how to use the Force again. It's like, <laughs> yeah, sure, uh, yeah. I've only been fucking killing people left and right since I left Terrace. I, yeah, I, I, dude, on Terrace, I murdered folks. Okay, it's like, well, he'll be all right. And little like little Yoda dude that doesn't talk backwards. <laughs> so, so I'm thinking it's just a Yoda thing. What was his name? I can't uh, uh, Vendar. Vendar, something like that. Um, with the Force, uh, strong you is. <laughs> <laughs> what? Heritage. <laughs> Jesus. 
Too rigid here. I'm curious to know. <laughs> I'm curious to know what your third game is. Oh, I'll get there. Yeah, we have, uh, yeah, I get there. Uh, so, Force Unleashed Two, like. <laughs> It was just a disappointment in terms of the combat. They were just copying God of War. He, see, he's becoming a, uh, a, a Last Jedi hater. But <laughs> no! I'm, <and> they, <laughs> I'm I kidding. Lo- Not of The Last Jedi, but of Force Awakens too. I'm just I, giving you a I hard just, time. I don't know. I tried replaying that game, and I was just like, it didn't have the replayability that the first one had. I agree with that. Um, although, I, I it, there were a lot of, there's a lot of good stuff there. Yeah. Uh, but it's just not enough for me to be like, God, I was so excited for that game. The DLC when you're on Endor. Oh, that was the fun. The mood of Endor, and you actually get to kill, like, everybody. Because you play, at the, which which was what I was leading to in the dark side ending of the second game. You, I, can't, I think, once again, it's uh, you go to kill Vader, and he's just like, it, it's literally not even anything close to what the first game's dark side ending was, it, which you get to keep playing and keep playing. This game is just like you go to kill Vader. And it's like nope, cutscene. Oh, he had another clone, and that clone actually was perfect and obedient, not obese. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and he just fucking straight up like lightsabers you from behind, and you're dead, and that's the end of it. Which the DLC continues on from that point, where you go to Endor and you fight, <laughs> you fight Chewie in an ATST, mm-hmm. and it's just like <laughs> so you fucking get to kill. Chewy and uh, you pull him out and like stab him. Oh yeah, it was nuts, and you get to kill Ewoks. Mm, that, that was the best. I want some more of those tone tone thighs right here. <laughs> so like, uh, so Force Awakens two, it it was trying way too hard to be God of War. Okay. And with that, I segue into my third and most the biggest disappointment in video games I've ever had, which was God of War Ascension. Mm, thank you for bringing that up. That game was. Oh, so fucking beautiful. And it takes place right after he kills his family and decides he wants to say, fuck you, Ares. But because he says, fuck you, Ares, he he basically goes back on his uh, vow or whatever to him. Pact. His pact. And that is that is very frowned upon in the Greek mythology. Uh, Indeed. In fact, it's punishable <laughs> by uh, you get basically sent to this prison uh, over there's over uh overseen yeah there's the word by the furies which were there when the primordials were created the fury so before the titans before the gods before the titans there was the primordials and then these furies were created in there uh basically if you betray a god you get punished by the furies and so he in order to in order to break his bond with ares he has to kill the furies and it was a beautiful game. The graphics, insane. The cutscenes looked really good, but you just didn't get the Kratos that you'd always come to love. It's which, to an extent, I like the fact that they showed a different side of Kratos because this was before. You would think he'd be super rage filled, but no, he is very remorseful. He is a very quiet Kratos in this game. Interesting. He's he's very remorseful of what he's done, and uh. Once you actually, it doesn't get until the very end where he actually sets out on his vengeance for Ares. Um, that he's, you're like, okay, I see, I see where the rage is going to come in in the first God of War game. Yes, and uh, that's one thing I always loved about Rick Kratos was just this. He, he, you set him off, and he just went into this rage, and I love it. At the end of God of War three, uh, Zeus says, oh. You're going to get her killed just like you got your family killed. And you instantly see Kratos snap. Ow, I just 
popped my fucking hand. Did you really just do that? <laughs> wow, that was, was crazy. That was like sent tingles through my hand. Um, Beta. <laughs> but you see him just like, fuck you, and just charge Zeus. And it's like, god damn, and I wanted that so bad in uh, Ascension, but... Uh, <laughs> Like, Zuki looked at you and just, like, open mouth meow, but nothing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he does that a lot. He tried. He put in a 30%. He, silent meow. Really sounds like they put in their 30% making Ascension. Ooh. Yeah. I still haven't bought the game to this day. I bought the Collector's Edition, which had a oh. badass steel, steel book, I might add. It was black, and, it was black with the, uh, the Omega symbol and mm-hmm. gold. It was beautiful. Okay, so you said beta, right? Mm-hmm. Did, did you see what I named the episode which you guys were on last for episode 60? Uh, yeah. I remember watching it. I don't remember what the uh, title was. In Omega. And it had a double uh, meeting because you always, you've been saying beta, but we also talked about the beta. Mm-hmm. Beta and Omega. Anyway. Love yes. it. Is it me now? I think it is your oh, turn. Oh, shit. Hold well, on a second. Oh, no, Jesus. you start. Oh, wait. No, never mind. No, uh, what? I just got a Snapchat from Cameron. <laughs> okay. Wedges. Oh, Wedges. And he, he commented on my, my snap that I took of all of us. And I, I, I the caption I put was <clears> Nerds <throat> of the Round Table. He said, that's a square. <laughs> Fuck you, Cameron. <laughs> Fuck you, Cameron. Fuck that, your definition around. That's a square. Well, I guess to wrap it up, we are journey into comics. Well, did you even do your topic? No, I'm doing it now. I'm oh, wrapping it with my topic. Back her down my a peg, off. The... Hey, I, I'm just... It sounded like to me you were like going to wrap up the entire show. Yeah, that like, was a great show, guys. That was we... a great show. What name? Okay, so I'm going to bring up a kind of heavy, I don't know if it's really heavy topic, but I think it's a very interesting topic because this is something I've wanted to ask Robert Kirkman personally. That's not something that's so easily done. So I'm going to ask you guys, why isn't there more comic book characters in this modern era that have um, some useful reason to utilize cannabis? We are in a place now where a lot of states are legalizing it, recreational, medical, whatever. Not enough states. Correct. But my thing is, like, think about The Walking Dead. What makes that universe survivable? Do you think you can just go to sleep at night after dealing with walkers and Negan and the governor and the hunters and the fucking cannibals and the fucking terminus and all these different things and the whisperers, for that matter? Is there somebody in the universe that is that that they need to introduce as a character who utilizes it as a way to you know, not be a crazy person. This is not the seventies or eighties when the drug issues happened for Spider-Man. I don't know if you guys are privy to the drug issues, but, um, you know, the comic code authority said you can't release these and Marvel went, yeah, we can watch. I'll print them right now. It just won't have your stupid fucking seal because they wanted to tackle tough topics. And I think the reality is cannabis has been demonized for so long. And the reality is it's not something that should be demonized. So, in the medium of comic books, and I know a lot of kids read comics, that's the first thing I see your guys going, but kids, 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 it doesn't have to be in all the kid-based titles. That's why I'm more meaning in like your more serious books, The Walking Dead, stuff that has real-life issues. You can't tell me Rick Grimes is in pain all the time and is just relying on opioids to right. survive in the zombie apocalypse when he could grow a plant. Like, come on now. So what are your guys' thoughts on that? Everybody looks around and is terrified to speak on this no, topic. I feel no, like. I I agree. I mean, okay, but I don't really know. Like, I'm not canon on anything that's really. Well, it doesn't out matter what's. Now, but what but, is your opinion on them? Maybe making the swing towards that becoming more the norm because it has to be almost 
utilized sparingly to create the normalization right. of this. And I'm not saying that Spider-Man's smoking weed on top <laughs> of the fucking Empire State Building. Why but not? I, but I am saying... <laughs> think, okay. about how, think about how of, how of a hero he would be. If he but, how fucking, but think about how hilarious it would be if the Guardians just are celebrating and they're like, we've got this Earth plant that's technically illegal, but we're not on Earth, you know? And then they partake and then like Groot's just like, I... They're just like Damn Groot. They're just like fuck the Nova Corps. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I don't know, and and that's another thing to think about too. When Groot's I say just asleep, Groot, Groot, I am. Groot, I am. Dude, Groot. A plant would be smoking a plant. Like, like, how does that work? Let's cannibalism. Is that cannibalism? Groot just rips off a big bong, and like you see, like his arms turn into roots in the floor. I am like, Root. <laughs> my, I guess my thing is too. Also, is that. Uh, the quote-unquote stereotypical stoner gets almost um, over-sensationalized of like, you know, you smoke weed, you're lazy, you know, you have no drive. Shaggy from have... Scooby-Doo. Correct. Like, like, like whoa, exactly. Scooby. And I like know a lot. Uh, sandwich. I feel like I know several people who are successful, driven business people who also smoke weed. So, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> thanks, Sco- Scooby. Uh, so I don't know. I'm just thinking about it, and you're gonna have to have like a normalization of this at some point. If it is legal in all 50 states, it will be eventually tackled in comics. You're not gonna avoid yeah. it. Right. You have characters that drink. Why don't you have characters that smoke? Well, yeah. Look at look at what came to mind immediately was the Punisher. Thank you. you that know, would be a good one. Yeah. He he pretty much drinks himself to death constantly. <laughs> You know, that guy's got to relax sometime. Be a hell of a lot cooler if he did. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Right. I think you... Sorry, go ahead. No, you're fine. Go ahead. I think you tackling The Walking Dead is, is basically... I think that would be the benchmark because if you're living in that kind of society... like How that, do you cope? That, how do you live? How do you, how do you do anything? Like, how can you live with yourself if you've had to kill somebody? Like, you had to kill a kid or... Sorry. I'm just thinking. I'm just thinking of like... Call. Okay, we're we're, we're waiting. That was He's such like, a dramatic. Do you have a stoner <laughs> moment or something here? Like, the um, <laughs> pregnant pause. The um, the walls are down, man. <laughs> did many? Did ever just blink a lot? Is <laughs> uh, just something I noticed. <laughs> that's bad, right? With the with them in the wall, eh? that's <laughs> somebody ought to do something about that. <laughs> this is the perfect moment for live streaming. I'm just saying. Yeah. You guys' mouth really dry? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So is it? Did you guys close the gate in cell block C? <laughs> are, are our mouths really dry, or the, do they just? Are they just not wet? Or, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or yeah. Did you swallow a bunch of sand? It's. You know, it's kind of like somebody saying, "Man, the weather's trippy." It's like, no, man. Maybe it's not the weather that's trippy. It's just how we perceive the weather that is, in fact, trippy when you should have just said, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Here's the thing. Here's the thing. All right. I I don't oppose to 
like anything cannabis at all. I, I don't oppose to it. The only thing would be is to like, does it fit the story? Does it fit the character? And so like that with anything, whether it's like all of a sudden this dude's got a drinking problem. It's like, well, that does that coincide with what his character has been and where it's going? It's got to fit. The, it's got to fit the story. It's got to fit the characterization. Uh, shoehorning it in just to shoehorn it in, just because it's becoming a more modern place in our day in society. It, that that's not good for anybody because it's like, oh, well, this dude suddenly, uh, it's like, well, you know, he he uh, he's sitting back with a cigarette, you know. It, it sure, I mean, you've got to like utilize your certain judgment as far as like, uh, like that's normal. People don't think about cigarettes. And right. People really shouldn't think about weed in the same manner either. I, I feel like people should think about it in the same way, like as a drink or as a or as a shot or anything like that. But like. The, the problem with it right now is that you are correct. It has been so stigmatized and has been so demonized that it is slowly becoming legal, but there's still a very sect of, uh, a select few of people who are in control of politics that don't want it to be legal, whether it's from money from pharmaceutical companies, whether it's their own personal Beliefs. moral belief. Incorrect moral belief, but moral belief, nonetheless. So for them to do that right now would be a political statement charged at focusing here, which really, like, you can do political statement in comics, but is it pertinent to that story? Who are you? Who are you servicing? In yeah, that? who are you? Like, if you're doing it just to say, well, you know, make a political statement, this should not be illegal. It's like, well, okay, fine, but then you're going to get a complete sect of people who are just against it without ever even having read the story and what is this about? Why is this character doing this in this manner? Well, I'm going to give you straight up an idea of, of, you know, talking about The Walking Dead and how would I introduce it? You know, does it serve a purpose? And I have a perfect segue for that. Yes, it serves a purpose. We just, you know, read The Walking Dead 174 and Negan's story. And he has this coming together moment with Maggie. She chooses not to kill him. Now, he's living his life suffering from legit guilt he realizes has just overburdened him, right? So are you telling me that his next character development is that he is everyone's dealer? No, not that he's everyone's <laughs> dealer. That would be hilarious, though. I mean, if that was He's a sitting thing. there. Instead of the bat, he's got, like, the shovel. But, like, <laughs> moving plants. <laughs> he's already done that with some I, I like that. But, uh, no, the, th the thing I would do, though, is is that Negan would return, you know, to Rick. And Rick would be like, there's a calm about you. Like, what's going on? And then, like, it would flash forward to them around a campfire, you know, passing a joint. He's just like, man, you know, honestly... Before all this, it was illegal. I wouldn't have thought twice about it, you know? I would have got yelled at by my parents. But for some reason, this helped me to cope. And it's that's just not like Negan, a, though. He, that, that, he would have done it then if it was illegal. Well, because, I don't know about that because, you know, he's he's crazy, but he's not. I mean, I don't know if he's that. No, he, he, was, he, was the, he was the badass guy. Yeah, he, I guess that's he true. He was the gym teacher. That He's the cool guy. I guess that's another thing. Why hasn't he even been brought up? Like, if he did do that at some point, why hasn't he brought up? Like, you know, once I got and they, arrested well, for... In the show, they have all the weed. Like, so you're telling me Negan doesn't smoke weed? And they had all that weed? Did they have weed in the show? Dude, absolutely. They had it, like, at the satellite place. Really? Yeah, dude. They, they found it like, whoa. It was like, they got the weed. <laughs> they, they, they had a farm in there. So, like... He's definitely smoking the weed. And honestly, that's probably why he's so chill about killing people. <laughs> I don't know, man. I, that, that's just my thought. Dick, what's your thoughts on this? I'm going to totally just throw it your way because you've not said much at all. Honestly, I don't have – that's why I haven't said much on it. I don't have much of opinion. Okay. Um, I'm for it. 
but <laughs> I'm for it. Not against it. I'm for I, it. I ch- I choose not. Oh, myself, but well, yeah, I, no, like I, I'm for I'm for whatever. <laughs> well, that's cool. Uh, all right, all right. I wish I could. Right. I wish I could have more input for this. I'm sorry. That's okay. I, that's what Is nerds that are around. Oh. That that's a clip moment on the podcast. Holy shit, that was we've had a lot of those in uh loud in my recent recent history. (laughs) I love that I'm endurance, by the way. With Energizer Bunny, I just keep going. All right, well, I think that's gonna wrap it for this episode. We've talked for two hours and change now, so that's pretty excellent. There's a dog bark, so it's truly truly an episode of journey into comics or something like that on the network here i want to thank you guys so much for joining me but before we get out of here let's talk about the plugs as always you guys can listen to journey into comics on all the awesome podcast services first and foremost listen to us on podbean go to journey into comics.com i kind of flubbed through that one a little bit but go to journey into you can check us out there all the most of the network shows on there podbean our hosting site we appreciate them this being feature week mm-hmm. also get us on itunes uh stitcher radio google play music now on spotify that's awesome all week you're gonna get journey into comics another show tomorrow new poor rapport wednesday foodies on thursday podcastrophe and game addicts friday a new butt stuff saturday brews with dudes and then sunday we'll have a wrap-up where we have a little highlight of all the cool shit that goes on on the network uh, as always check us out on all the different social media sites whether it's facebook at journey into comics podcast instagram at journey into comics and or twitter at jic network Give us a five-star review on iTunes. We really appreciate it. I think that's going to do it, Brando. Anything else to add to hit this? Oh, Patreon, as we said, patreon.com backslash journey into comics. Join the road to Infinity War. Okay, I'm, I'm done here. Go ahead, Brando. That's it. That's it? <laughs> that's all you have to I opened my mouth to say Patreon. You were like, Patreon! Okay, I got that's it. All right. That's all I have to say about that. Well, Dick, thank you for joining thank us. Thank you. I got to say, uh, for those listening, definitely tune in on Thursday for Podcastrophe because we got fucked up. Drunk Castrophe. <laughs> Drunk Castrophe happened. Yes. And uh, Tyler was on the show. Uh, yes. Also, Nick Maxson from Brews with Dudes. Uh, just please enjoy Absolutely. the chaos. <laughs> and make sure to share all this because yes. you know, we're going to be doing that all week. But uh, Mike, thanks for coming back to Journey into Comics. It's awesome to have you Thanks again. Thanks for coming. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Thanks for me finally waking my ass up and getting us here. Uh, I guess you got us here. I just woke up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, you did. And, I teleported. Uh, everybody head over to GameAddictsPodcast.com and search some of those uh, awesome podcast services that we mentioned before to find the podcast over there because we are a part of the network. We're not a part of this main feed here that, that you're going to be seeing. So check us out over there. And this week we are discussing the NES the original Nintendo Entertainment System. Yes. Awesome. Can't wait to hear that episode. Tyler, thanks for coming back again. Thanks for having me again. Twice Appreciate in, it. Twice in the 70s here. So you're a two-time in the 170s guest. I like that. Got my bell bottoms on. I like whatever that karate move was. Like My <laughs> <laughs> <A> heritage. <laughs> Hit him with that heritage. All right, folks. Well, as the Nerds Around Table goes, uh, this was episode 172 of Journey into Comics. I've been Nate. Brando. Tyler. Mike. Dick. And we'll see you guys later. Keep filling your brains with shit.